Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. folks to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios buried deep, well deep behind enemy lines here in FEMA Region 3 coming to you from an undisclosed location in a fortified bunker in our grandmother's basement. Nah, just kidding. Uh, folks, we're broadcasting live from the radio and television studios of the Hagman and Hagman Report here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania, where we're heard live weeknights, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Global Star Radio Network. We're also heard on Blog Talk Radio, that's BTR, as well, and you can see us live on our YouTube channel. Uh, folks, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, fellow investigator researcher, most importantly, my son Joe Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, digging deep into topics that... Uh, a lot of people don't don't want to touch tonight. We got a great show for you planned. We got uh, well, Stan Dale is is under the weather tonight, so uh, uh, just say a prayer for him and wish him well. Send him an email telling me I hope hope he feels better. In place of of Stan, actually, we uh, I talked to uh, Dave Hodges last night after the program, and we had a pretty lengthy conversation about uh, issues. Uh, Various things, including uh, Jane Helm, Jade Helm 16, and uh, the upcoming civil disturbances expected or perhaps being planned. And before we get into the program tonight, I'd like to remind folks uh, tonight's broadcast brought to you in part by ProFlowers.com. That's ProFlowers.com, where you can get well, you can get all set situated for Valentine's Day if you haven't sent out flowers. Hey, don't worry. The pros at proflowers.com have you covered. Just go to proflowers.com, enter our microphone code uh, Hagman in the microphone box. That's Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N. Real simple. And you hit uh, go, and then bang. It takes you to our little world at ProFlowers where you can get specials. Incredible products. Incredible products. So, um, also, so tonight we're going to be talking about a number of issues. And perhaps even tapping the Hagman and Hagman University College of Knowledge a little, perhaps, perhaps a brief uh, look into into something that's uh, relevant to tonight. Um, I should also mention portions portions of the nice broadcast also brought to you by Whole Tones Live. That's WholeTonesLive.com, where you can actually treat yourself, and I mean treat yourself to some fantastic music that uh, you can use music the frequencies special frequencies you know doctors have confirmed that he, that uh, wholetoneslive.com their healing music healing music <clears throat> reduces anxiety stress suicidal thoughts PTSD depression you name it Walter Reed Medical Center is now testing this on veterans or our veterans with, with this music uh, unbelievably great replies, responses. We like it. We play it here in the office. That's WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. Download there a free sample. You can't go wrong. Joe, welcome to tonight's program. we got a lot to talk about tonight. 
Yes, we do. Uh, glad to be here. And as you said, we will uh, have Dave Hodges joining us for hours two and three as Standeo is under the weather. When Again, we do ask for your prayers for him, that uh, his health is uh, resolved. And it's that same um, issue that was, was bothering him before, that pain uh, underneath the ribcage. So, mm, yeah. Um, seemed to be under control for a while or, or fixed and now it is back so uh definitely keep him in your prayers um yeah we got a lot to get into a lot to get into tonight um we have updates on the the zika virus i think uh, we found what the the fruit of the zika virus is in south america and would it surprise anybody if i told you that abortion was the result of the virus abortion is the result yeah. How, how does that work? You mean, um. Well, I found an article today. Zika promotes urgent debate about abortion in Latin America. Now, in Latin America. Social consequence, right? Is what you're saying. Is that the social consequence of, of, it's not a, in other words, somebody contracts a Zika virus, they don't automatically have an abortion because of the virus itself. But you're saying. Right. People well, are turning to virus, the, or abortion. Latin America has the strictest abortion laws in the world. So in Latin America now calls to loosen some of the most restrictive abortion laws in the world in the face of the Zika virus outbreak are gaining momentum, but are encountering strong and entrenched opposition. In El Salvador, where abortions are banned under any circumstances, the health minister has argued for revision of the law because of the dangers the virus poses to fetal development. In Colombia, an organized movement to lift restrictions on abortion has gained allies in the government but has run into determined opposition from religious authorities. The same is happening in Brazil. And some doctors say that the, as a consequence, illegal back-alley abortions are on the rise. Oh, see, now, now this, this promotes Roe v. Wade, right? Mm-hmm. Nearly everywhere in Latin America, including those countries hit hardest by Zika, Women who wish to terminate their pregnancies have few legal options. But the U.N. health officials have projected as many as 4 million infections in the Americas this year. Activists are pressing lawmakers to act as swiftly as possible to ease these rigid restrictions. You know, these ex- anti-abortion extremist Latin Americans. <laughs> wow. I mean. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's so who didn't see that coming, right? <laughs> Uh, it's just sick. Uh, yeah, we, I understand that the babies that, and we don't know that this comes from the Zika virus, but there is something going on with babies being born with, with, uh, smaller heads with, uh. Yeah, microencephalopathy. Yeah. I believe it's And called. I don't think it's been proven that the Zika virus is directly related to it. No, actually drugs, illegal uh, Pesticides, drugs. Yeah, there's a lot of other factors at play here, but, um, now they're, you know, the World Health Organization, the UN is getting involved and, as again, you know, the strictest abortion laws in the world are now being challenged because of some uh, virus that is being manipulated and hyped up. And I believe, you know, as soon as the abortion laws are lifted, the Zika virus disappears and opening Pandora's box in Latin America. Man, that's just so there you have it. Going to be getting obviously into that. And, you know, Dave Hodges uh, wrote a number of, well, a couple of uh, articles about the coming civil war and about what's going on. Jade Helm, UX, which is the unconventional warfare exercise taking place. It's now getting uh, started, of course. Uh, um, and in one of his articles, 
Um, and Joe, we I didn't we didn't have time before the show to really talk about this, but um, FEMA is beta testing at bank holidays. The yep. economy nears collapse is, is uh, in one of his articles. Uh, I didn't see anything or hear anything about. Um, Oh goodness! So what was the military exercise? Jade Helm sixteen. Well, UWEX, which is un- which, which is uh, an acronym for unconventional war exercise, basically. I mean, wartime war exercise or <laughs> unconventional don't, don't warfare. Me, don't exercise. get me wrong. Maybe I'm just burnt out from the the hype of of these exercises, as we expect things to to go live. And maybe that's what they want, is people to, to get sick and tired of it. So when it does happen, it's unexpected. Well, I, I, w- but, but wait just, a second, though. See, Joe, I, I think that Jade Helm was a success. I believe that Jade Helm did exactly what they what they said, right? Or no? Master of the human domain? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, there was an immense movement of military assets. Right. A, a huge movement. Have they come back? I I I would say well, that's been unseen. I would say there's an argument. Well, you see him going, but they're they're ready to start this. Uh, in effect, as Dave says, Jade Helm sixteen. Um, you you got to move assets I mean, the, in order the, to start. Uh, explosions in rural neighborhoods in Michigan stopped, and and uh, you know the exercises uh, in the Texas terrains stopped. Um, so did did they go away? I don't know, but the exercises have seemed to stop from Jade Helm fifteen. Although the only suspicious thing to me about it was the amount of coverage about the drills starting, then the absolute uh, zero coverage of the drills ending. But well, right, and I think that it remains to be seen. Everyone who says, "Well, see, Jade Helm a big nothing." Oh, wait a minute. What was in, first of all, were you read in? You know, those people, and I saw a couple of real, you know, dipwads, if I can use that term. Am I allowed to use that term? I don't know. I'm saying, care. well, you know, dipwad, well, the Jade Helm, everyone's saying it was going to be this big. Look, we don't know. We weren't read in as to what the exact nature of the drill was, but we do know it's certainly, we had, we had uh, military assets on American soil, which I would, I would argue is no, I don't know if that's consistent with the Constitution. It's it? not, but it's it's hmm. the status quo now. I mean, it's regular operating procedure. Well, we, okay. So, if are we okay with that? No, of course not. But what are our options? <laughs> Get back to the Constitution, anyway. Um, hey, if I can take a moment here, I just want to if if I can talk about this and we we talk about infiltration we talk about the infiltration in this government do you, do you can i take a moment or you, oh, yeah. you want to get into this no, all right okay. all right so if we if we tap into the vast resources of the hagman and the hagman college of knowledge um if we can go back into the history books here because this is important uh, i i believe that this is important we, we you look at what has taken place over the course of the last hundred years. We look at communist infiltration into the United States, and uh, Dave Hodges had mentioned this in one of his articles, the, the McCarthy uh, era. You know, McCarthy, how many people do you know whose last name has been turned into a verb uh, or an adjective? Right? McCarthyism, you know, or to, to McCarthy, someone, uh, McCarthyism, or how many I mean, names, last names, surnames, uh, have been turned into an ism. Well, here we go with McCarthyism, and then people will hear McCarthy and they'll say, "Well, that guy was just a whack job, right? 
he, he was saying everyone was and everyone was a communist, and we, we've seen movies to the effect that that uh, just denigrate him and and whatever. Well, it's interesting because uh, M. Stanton Evans. This is not a new book. This is an older book. Um, you know, ten years old. Uh, blacklisted by history. An extremely good book. Uh, that that's uh, five hundred and some odd pages. Um, it really details a lot of what McCarthy unveiled, and uh, so. The, some of these citations I'm going to make are, are really from this book. Um, but, but the interesting part of things here, the interesting uh, and relevant issues for today is this. If you go back to the summertime, 1946, to be precise, August 3rd, 1946, um, there was a Department of State official by the name of Samuel Klaus. He wrote a 106-page memo and submitted it to, to the state. And it discussed or mentioned a number of things, but the number of Soviet agents that were communist agents that were on the payroll at the Department of State. Now, again, I have, we have nothing to do with this book. We, we don't, you know, Blacklist by History is just a resource, and it's a good historical resource. But anyway, the the memo by Klaus identified just a number of people, a number of communist Infiltrators that were working at the State Department. Now, Hillary wasn't around back in 46 at the State Department, so her name is not on that list. But you might be surprised at how that relate, this relates to Hillary. Anyway, and the Department of State, um, and the Clinton administration, and the Bush administration, to name a few. But, but think about this. Here, here's a State Department worker, Samuel Claus. He, he says, man, there's a whole lot of bad stuff going on in, in the State Department. So I'm going to write, uh, I'm going to write 106, uh, or, uh, yeah, 106 page report and I'm going to put it on the internet. No, I'm not. I'm going to keep it off the internet and give it to, uh, give it to Congress. Alright. So, that's what happened. I can't hear my, oh, there we go. Alright. I just knocked the connection loose. Anyway, um, in this particular memo, he, he, dis- he named 33 people. Interesting number. The names, one being Alger Hiss, who, um, well, these were actually a compilation of the uh, various names within the State Department, but as being suspects and sympathizers for the Communist Party, the 33 individuals uh, were on top of more than 90 staffers that were being assembled at the time the memo was written. So, anyway, this was like a super secret memo. That's called the Klaus, K-L-A-U-S memo. Now here's where it gets really interesting. And, and, and once more, this, this is where everyone's got to understand that, you know, you can, you can send out a Freedom of Information Act request. Is it good? Are you going to pick something up? Perhaps. Should you bet the, bet your, bet the ranch on it? No. Um, are records expunged? Absolutely. And I'll tell you how, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> the What the Klaus memo did, the Klaus report did, was it spawned a, 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 both a Senate inquiry and ultimately a House Un-American Activities Committee investigation. Now, there are two separate things. There are two separate bodies. The Senate investigation, um, started by McCarthy, Joe McCarthy, and the House, okay, two separate entities. And people always get them conflate the two, two separate things. 
Joe McCarthy, a senator at the time from Wisconsin, learned about this memo. He started up started up this major investigation, and thanks to McCarthy himself, a Senate uh, a Senate subcommittee chaired by Senator Millard Tidings from Maryland requested a copy of that memo into the uh, uh, requested a copy of the memo and got one. Then what happened from there? One of the most revealing documents ever compiled about communist infiltration inside the U.S., inside the U.S. government, was supplied to Congress. But here's the problem. The Klaus memo vanished. Okay? Now, written by M. Stanton Evans, who, during the research for this book, he writes this, and this is where I'll cite from this book, in the National Archives, the U.S. National Archives, there should be at least two places where this report should be on hand, be on file. Uh, one is at the one is the legislator ar- legislative archive of the tidings panel, which is w- w- which received and uh, weighed McCarthy's charges of State Department security breakdown, which they got a copy. Okay, now this is reflected in in the department's letter of transmittal, which survives and is included in the subcommittee record. So the memo should be in the files of the National Archives, but guess what, folks? It's not. Even today, it's not. Now, the other place this memo should be would be in the papers of Sam Klaus himself, held another, held in another section of the archives. In the index to the Klaus papers, the document is listed under its official proper official heading. However, when the file was examined by, by Evans when he was writing this book, the report was missing. Now, here's where it gets really kind of screwy. The file contained a notice where the memo had been saying it was withdrawn from the archives. You want to take you want to you want to take a guess when it was withdrawn? Was it 1940? Because this memo was written in 1946, August 3rd. Any takers? No. 1993, March of 1993, it was withdrawn. Now, think about that for a second. All right. March of 1993, nearly a half a century after the investigation, this super secret, well, memo disappeared. Klaus memo disappeared. All right. So this is not the only memo. This is not the only document that disappeared. Many Cold War papers have gone missing. Many uh, investigative reports have gone missing. Many from the archives. Now, this is not an indictment of those taking care of the Art National Archives. No, no. This is an indictment of those people who have access to the archives and who have removed documents. Now, why in 1993? Why in the world would this document be taken in 1993 in March? Who was who was in office in March of 1993? Clinton. Yeah. Gone, gone from the papers, as is other historical data that ought to be in subcommittee records. By the way, there's a McCarthy to Tidings letter, March 18th, 1950. This listed the names of some 80 security risks at the Department of State and elsewhere. Yeah, missing a number of other documents as well, investigative documents missing. When? Don't know. But as these reports and papers and uh, memos were part of official 
proceedings of the Senate. And as we know from other sources, they were in fact provided. They should be at least be in the, the archive. They're not. Diligent searches have revealed all of them are missing with no explanation of what happened to them, no hint that they were ever there, no withdrawal notice, just gone, period, poof, gone. That's it. So don't tell me that a record request is going to bear fruit 100% of the time. This is not an indictment of FOA process. This is just mere. This is to tell you how how incestuous and how in, infiltrated this country is. This this is to tell you why um, we need background investigations and background information on the people running things. This is to tell you that that this communist infiltration and now uh, Islamic communist infiltration is a real thing. It's dedicated to take this country down. In addition to other things. But this is a real thing. Yet McCarthyism is looked upon as some sort of smokescreen. McCarthy was right. He might not have been a. I mean, he. he um, who was that baseball player that was always the drunk? Uh, you know, that Hall of Famer. But he was a drunk, and he's really yeah, caustic. And, uh, Mattingly, Don no, Mattingly. No, no, no. Before that, like um, back in the day, in the twenties or thirties, when the. Anyway, you get you get the oh, I was only like seven then. I yeah, remember. right. Okay, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, he was more of a hero that had a lot of personal issues. But do we shoot the messenger because of that? No, no. I mean, he was a he might have been abusive and, and a drunk. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I I. But you know, he had some. He's got some personal baggage to go around. But I guess what I'm saying is, he pointed this out, and yet he's vilified today. His name is vilified today. Now, I, the point of this is not to uh, rehabilitate the image of Joe McCarthy, no. The point of this is to tell you exactly how long this infiltration has been taking place, and how bad and how deep we're infiltrated. And even today, some 20 years after the removal from the archives of that Klaus memo, how, how far into you know uh, how pervasive this this is. So think of that. 1950, or 1946, August 3rd, Klaus memo, 106-page memo report, gone from the archives in 1993. What the heck's going on? Now here's another thing too. I'm going to get back to that in a second. And um, again, we're extending the College of Knowledge, if you will. Uh, how many people have heard of Annie Lee Moss? Hmm? Nope. Show of hands. Show of hands in our vast studio audience there. Nobody. Nobody. I don't see anyone out there in the, in the studio audience uh, who's heard of Annie Lee Moss. Well, I don't think anybody showed up in no. our studio audience. Well, wait a minute. Um, we have a couple of... Uh, no, I guess not. I'm looking at over the chairs. Empty, empty studio again tonight. Huh. Not even a cat or a dog. Well, you see any cats, we got a problem. The dog should be here in the <laughs> office anyway. Um, all right. Annie Lee Moss is kind of an interesting figure. You might remember. I mean, how many remember if if uh if that doesn't ring a bell to you? There's there she is for those people uh, uh watching on YouTube. Uh, there's her picture right on YouTube. Her name is Annie Lee Moss. Well, you check out check out uh Wikipedia, okay? And you'll you'll find a little bit of information about Annie Lee Moss. In fact, even better than that, George Clooney how many people know George Clooney? Show of hands, everyone heard of George Clooney, but interestingly, no one in our studio audience heard of Annie Lee Moss. Well, Annie Lee Moss was the subject of a film by George Clooney in 2005. And this film, I'm not sure how many people saw this or, or really cared. George Clooney, 
Um, this film was, uh, I had it right here in my notes. Hang on a minute. Good night and good luck. This was based on the, uh, show by Edward R. Murrow. The title of the film is taken from Murrow's habitual sign off on his radio program. Now, you might know or hear the name Edward R. Murrow, uh, back as, as a radio talk radio host and political commentator that he was. But let's get back to Annie Lee Moss. Who was this Annie Lee Moss, or who is who was she? Well, she was a, a black woman that worked for the Department of State. But it was really weird because she worked at a cafeteria and uh in, in the civil in civil service back in the early forties, back in the forties, and somehow, some way managed to get this job at the Signal Corps for the for the Department of the Army, which which held a certain level of classification. Okay. So, kind of like Obama's meteoric rise, Annie Lee Moss suddenly rose to fame. Hmm. All right. As a Signal Corps operator for the Department of War, actually, as it was called back then. Not Department of Defense, Department of War. Well, enter a woman by the name of Mary Markward. M-A-R-K-W-A-R-D. Markward. Mary Markward. Now, Mary Markward ran a beauty salon in D.C., and she also was an FBI informant. Mark Ward, working on behalf of the FBI, turned over at the same time, concurrent with uh, the McCarthy hearings and the House Un-American Activities Committee, turned over the names, numerous names of individuals who were communist infiltrators in the government. For this, she was called Looney Tunes and said, you know, unreliable, and she was pretty well toasted by the press and by people and by actors and by Hollywood. Well, in fact, even to this day, or at least 2005, Hollywood and George Clooney want to tell the story that uh, Mark Wood was kind of a loon. He couldn't be trusted. The information couldn't be trusted. As evidenced by that film I mentioned, by that, that uh, was consistent with Edward R. Murrow's program, talk show. Again, titled, uh, in 2005, titled, Good night and good luck. So, bottom line is this. Annie Lee Moss, out of nowhere, Signal Corps, now working for the Department of War, uh, making $3,350 per year as a Signal Corps. Pretty good money back then. Okay. I ID'd, fingered by Mary Markward as a communist infiltrator in the, in the uh, War Department. Dragged to a hearing, so okay, you're gonna you're gonna go to a hearing before Congress, before the uh, uh, before uh, the the, the uh, committee, congressional committee, kind of like today. So here we have poor little old Annie Lee Moss, and we will put her picture back up if we can on the on the screen. Getting getting picked on, testifying before the committee. And it's interesting because Annie Lee Moss, what, what happened here was she said, look, you know, there are three, count them, three Annie Lee Mosses living in D.C. And the Annie Lee Moss you're talking about is not me. Well, this is before the Internet. This is before Google Earth. This is before streets, you know, Google streets and whatever. So, oh, okay. See, Annie Lee Moss said, no, 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 I, I, I'm not receiving uh, the copies of the Daily Worker. In fact, this is a case of mistaken identity. So now, enter Stuart Symington. Stuart Symington was the 
it was a, a senator um, that uh, was actually taking part in the in the case of uh, of uh, Annie Lee Moss, and he was asking questions of her. Annie Lee Moss appeared in front of the committee on March eleventh, nineteen forty-five. I believe it was. Let me just check. Yeah. And she said, no, no, I never received copies. In fact, I was never, uh, I was never a member of the Communist Party. I was never, I never received copies of the Daily Worker. This isn't me. This is a case of mistaken identity. Well, Stuart Symington said, and I'm going to read you the exchange from the committee. I'm going to read, uh, when, when Annie Lee Moss was being questioned by Stuart Symington, here, here's the exchange. It's brief. Symington, do you know anybody else in town named Moss? Have you ever looked up a telephone number? Are there many or any Mosses in Washington besides you? Annie Lee Moss says, well, yes, sir, there are three Annie Lee Mosses. Jackson, another committee member questioning. Will you state that again, Moss? Yeah, there are other three. I'm sorry, there are three Annie Lee Mosses. All right. The responses were apparently all the proof that was required in certain venues to reach a verdict of not guilty, which for the verdict was no, no, not guilty. No, no, no. This, we must have the wrong one. And, and Symington said this after Annie Lee Moss was, was, uh, terminated under suspicion of being a communist plant. Symington said this. I want to say something to you. And I might be sticking my neck out here. And, and I may be wrong. I might be wrong. But I have been listening to you testify this afternoon, and I think you are telling the truth. If you're not taken back into the Army, employment that is, you can come around to see me, and I'm going to see that you get a job. Well, how do you think the the rest of the committee and others in attendance there responded to this? Resounding, sustained applause. Okay. Well, Symington took to the airwaves with Edward R. Murrow, CBS, and this TV show, See It Now. He reinforced the image that there was grievous wrong done to this poor lady, that uh, the, the case of mistaken identity. All the while, an FBI memo dated February 24th, 1954. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, dated uh, February 24th. Did I say 1945? I didn't mean that. I meant 1954. I, I must be dyslexic here in the hearing. The hearing date was April or uh, 1954. But see, a month before that hearing day, a month before she, she said, no, this is a case of mistaken identity, an FBI report was distributed to the committee members saying that there's no mistaken identity. We have the right, Annie Lee Moss. Even before it was brought up, we have the right Annie Lee Moss. The bottom line was this. Symington never admitted he was wrong. The others never admitted they were wrong. Annie Lee Moss was never called back, never uh, prosecuted for contempt or for perjury, because she did testify under oath. 
And um, she lied. And she even admitted that fact, that, that she was getting the daily worker, but that was in subsequent testimony. See, she was lying when she said, oh, no, you got the wrong person. And even additionally, the author, M. Stanton Evans, and, and when he was doing research for his book, well, I'm sorry, before, right back, he, in fact, he's an older gentleman. He was a reporter, cub reporter back then. He actually, um, uh, then and now had verified that Annie Lee Moss was the right person. One more thing. One more thing here. A couple, I'll cut two more things. So, Annie Lee Moss died in 1990. And, um, always viewed the victim. In fact, she was the poster child for McCarthyism. Now, 2005, George Clooney stars in the film Good Night and Good Luck based on the confrontation between McCarthy and Edward R. Murrow about Annie Lee Moss. The, Clooney portrays McCarthy as a fearsome this Clooney work and portrays McCarthy as a fearsome dragon and Murrow as this brave knight who dared to slam. You see, in a mix of modern production methods and video clips taken from the archives, the movie affects to be a study in this cinematic reality, supposedly revealing the evil of McCarthy simply by showing him in action. The case of Annie Lee Moss is featured prominently as it was by Murrow himself back in the 50s. It's of interest that neither in the Clooney film nor in the original Merle broadcast there's any evidence cited to indicate Moss or Moss was an innocent victim. <laughs> no, no, no. Instead, it was otherwise. And in the case of the Merle broadcast back back in the day, when not all of the relevant data was known publicly, this was to some. Well, I guess it was excusable. Didn't have the internet back then. Didn't have. Didn't have a lot of things back then, including truth. But in the case of the cleaning film, the cleaning film, there's no excuse whatsoever. The truth about this case is fully available to anyone who bothers to review the the voluminous open source reports and the archives of the bureau. Look, folks. But 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 here's how the infiltration works. Hollywood, 2005. She's a victim. The McCarthy was a bad guy. Red Scare. Murrow, good guy. Edward R. Murrow referencing. And what is happening today, and the reason this is important is because, and how this is relevant, what's happening in our State Department? What's happening in our alternative or new media? What's happening with the, with the um, uh, mainstream corporate media? What's happening with Hollywood? Hollywood is sending us messages. They are giving us news through their entertainment, but they're giving us revisionist history. This is all part of it. But even for the last century, the State Department and the uh, the various departments of the Army have been infiltrated by communist plants, now Islamic plants. You don't think this is possible? I just gave you the, the I just gave you not only a case that, that was, what, 60 plus years old, 60 years old? The fact that McCarthy was, in fact, correct, but also the fact that the records have, are being tampered with even in modern, uh, uh, modern day. As, as, well, back in the 90s. Why? To change the narrative? Yeah. But there's more. You see, there's more to this. They don't want you to know how captured this country is. 
they don't want you to know that yeah there could be a, a in fact there will be there there are desertions in the army there are events taking place there are, there is infiltration throughout the ranks of the government and it's by the at the very highest levels so the bottom line folks is oh and go on go on wikipedia look at oh and the senate historian oh yeah go ahead and type in in wikipedia um the uh historian for the mccarthy hearings go ahead in fact if you go on wikipedia right now and type in uh uh, Annie Lee Moss or McCarthy hearings. Uh, let me just do that right this second. Uh, and and you, you'll get, by the way, the, the McCarthyism and such. But if you type in McCarthy hearings and look it up on in Wikipedia, you'll see all sorts of information. And coming from this information is the Senate historian. Or uh, the Senate historian is providing a lot of this information. Pretty interesting when you take a look and, and you investigate a little bit further that the Senate historian is not acting just as a an archivist. No. He didn't act just as an archivist for the hearing results. No, no, no. He also acted as basically judge, jury, and editor of what got in and what got out. In my view, this is a personal assessment based on my research now. So to change the narrative is to control one person, right? Or to influence one person. That's my view. Again, this is all personal viewpoints based on my research. Are we getting the truth? No. So, those people who are out there saying, oh, wait, this is all hype, this is all BS, well, I just show you how the narrative can be changed, how the story can be changed, in fact, how how, how Hollywood just is pushing a false narrative, how history books are being written and not containing the truth. And once you know that the truth is not, that we're not getting the truth, once you can establish this with certainty, once you know that records have been removed from the, from the archives, once you know that we are so messed up in this country and have the proof for it and have people writing books like this, 500 pages, of course, many people, they, they don't want to read this. They don't want to follow the documentation in this. You see, once you know you can't unknow it. Yeah, we're 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 taken over. We're captured from within, and this is why the BS from about Obama, about his background, about his meteoric rise, inexplicable meteoric rise, and this is why the cruises and the others, anyone who shuts down, who says no, you're not going to take, you're not, I'm going to shut down my medical records, I'm going to shut down my transcripts, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, shut it all down, and the in because hey, that's private. No, there's something wrong here. There's something really wrong. And those people who facilitate that or to perpetuate that it's okay to do that, yeah, you better you better question their motives as well. And that concludes the Hagman and Hagman College of Knowledge uh, look back at history and how it applies today. All right. Well, we have about 15 minutes till the top of the hour. So let's hit a few news items until uh, we are joined by Mr. Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show on the other side. I don't know how many people saw this today. Um, Bayer, uh, of Bayer Aspirin, and the U.S. government knowingly gave HIV to thousands of children. This is a, a an important story. 
What if a company that you thought you could trust knowingly sold you a medicine for your child that they knew had the potential to give your child HIV? How would you react? What if the government agency that claims the responsibility for protecting you from such treachery not only looked the other way but was complicit in the exchange? Everyone heard has heard of Bayer Aspirin. It is a household name. Bayer AG also manufactures numer- numerous other projects from pesticides to medicines. And um, in 1984, Bayer became aware that several batches of this Factor VIII contained HIV. They knew this because there was an outbreak of HIV among uh, hemophiliac children, and this outbreak was traced back to Bayer. It goes on to say that unable to sell their Factor VIII to the U.S., Bayer and the FDA, with the FDA's permission, yeah, that's right, the FDA allowed Bayer, Bayer to infect thousands of people, sold this HIV-infected medicine to Argentina, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, Singapore. After February 1984, the, according to documents obtained by the New York Times, the documents show how Cutter Biological, a division of Bayer, shipped more than 100,000 vials of unheated concentrate worth more than $4 million after it began selling the safer product. The result of the sale of HIV-tainted medication ended up infecting tens of thousands and killing thousands. Thousands of innocent children and adults have died at the hands of this corporation and no punitive action has ever been taken against them. The health department leaders in Argentina, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, and Singapore were all imprisoned while the FDA in the U.S. continues to down its, continues down its hellish path. Um, and many people are familiar with Bayer and the connection to IB Farben in Germany, in, in oh, Nazi yeah. Germany. Yeah. Um, but this is just an article that, I mean, this isn't new news. But this is something that I thought was very important, as uh, we see today that there, um, you know, there was forty thousand. Uh, I remember Hillary Clinton uh, apologizing to forty thousand people in uh, Portugal, I believe it was. Uh, it was a Latin American country for uh, infecting forty thousand people with syphilis, the syphilis STD, while giving out polio vaccines. Whoops! This Sorry is a pattern that. of of. Uh, can you imagine going home to your wife? Hey, hey, honey, I got I, I got syphilis. I got it from a vaccine. Honest, I did. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, it was from the toilet, either from the toilet seat or from a vaccine. Well, there you go. In other news, this is uh, interesting. This is from earlier today. Fox News reports Trump wins New Hampshire. Donald Trump won the New Hampshire primary Tuesday, according to a premature Fox News report. Politico reports. And it goes on to say, citing every precinct reporting, Fox News website accidentally published the election results during the Trump, uh, as Trump with the winner of 28%. Another whoopsies. Oh, man, now, I'm sorry. Did, we, we didn't mean to publish those reports before. Just like Building 7, right? You know why I thought they did this? Uh, why? Just, to urge Trump supporters to stay home? Oh, it, you know, I look, I wouldn't. Why not? I mean, it's it's it doesn't matter. I mean, the motive, yeah, sure. But the fact that the, now I understand people will say, well, they were just getting the numbers ready, you know, getting all kind of like. Did you know? And I hope everyone knows this. Um, celebrities, if you're a celebrity out there, the um, um, the major rags, the the uh, various, even uh, New York Times and some of the more larger publications, they already have your obituary written. Okay, oh, yeah. with the, yeah. without the end date. So 
Okay, so this is kind of like, it would be like, whoops, we accidentally published your obituary online. We were just testing out the information, making sure the information was kind of, you know, playable, and we didn't really mean to publish it. Sorry about that. Kind of the same thing. Right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just sorry. You know, we didn't mean to inconvenience any voters. All right. Well, you know, it's we know. Look, Sanders, do you think Sanders for any, do you think Sanders has got a chance? Uh, not that we want him to. In New Hampshire, he's going to win. But but you go south of the Mason Dixon line. I don't think uh, I don't think Sanders has got a chance. Now he well, might. If he, uh, he, I don't think he's got a Confederate flag. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> totally antithetical to, to his position. It, it, and it sounds like he should, right? But it, no, it's no, no. They're not going to. They're not going to take it anyway. Or they're not, he's not going to take it. And I, I, for whatever reason, I, I just have this really funny feeling if we, if. I say if we have an election, because who knows? I don't know. I mean, we, we, we've we had them every four years. They've been more selection processes than elections. But I just think it's going to be Clinton and Bush, because uh, there's enough information out there right now uh, to indict Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton, but that was there's enough information out there with uh, any number of scandals. They haven't indicted her. The Justice Department, no. And you know what? Holder found to be in contempt of Congress. Hasn't been indicted or hasn't been punished for that. No. So, does it matter? I mean, everything's screwed. Uh, when I uh, pardon that term, but it, aren't we? <laughs> wow. So, um, okay. It's it really. I, I just think that Bush somehow is going to get going to get weaseled in there. Um, perhaps you know could there could a convention be brokered? Sure. Um, could there be a revolt in the, in the Republican Party more than what there is? Sure. Could there be, uh, or, or could it be Trump? I mean, or could could Trump be pushed out by the Carl Rovian politics, and uh, um, you know Bush be, be there? Yeah, absolutely. But the bottom line, yeah, it's uh, doesn't matter because I do believe that Clinton may in fact be uh, be on the other side of this. Here's an interesting story: House Democrat. U.S. Muslims are being radicalized by politicians calling for border control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the problems. Kirk responds, maybe I was responsible for Pearl Harbor, too. Illinois Senate Democrat uh, candidate Representative Tammy Duckworth said on Monday that politicians are contributing to the rise of Islamic terrorism in the United States by calling for stricter immigration laws. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, I just wanted to read that in in my head to make sure. Say what? Okay, an Illinois Democratic Senate candidate, Representative Tammy Duckworth. Yeah, I I, I think I heard you. Go ahead and repeat that anyway. Said that politicians are contributing to the rise of Islamic terrorists in the United States because they're calling for stricter immigration laws. So for calling for enforcement of the law, we are creating extremists. Duckworth singled out her Republican opponent, Senator Mark Kirk, and presidential candidate Donald Trump as two politicians who are allegedly playing right into (laughs) ISIS's hands by aiding the radicalization of Muslims in the United States during an interview with the Chicago Tribune. The editorial board. Duckworth made the comments while discussing two Iraqi refugees in Texas and California who were recently arrested on terror-related charges. In the case of these two young people, the Iraqi refugees in Texas, they came to the United States as teenagers, said Duckworth. Yep. They were radicalized because they've been 
on these talk hotlines with ISIS because they see people like Mark Kirk demonizing Muslims and Islams and Islam and wanting to shut down our borders. And that's how we turn people against us. We play right into ISIS's hands. There you go. So problem solved. Now we can't talk about them. Okay, you see the picture. Tried to walk back her comments when pressed by the editorial board. I'm sorry. You think that they were radicalized by U.S. politicians? Said a member of the Chicago Tribune. No, I think they were radicalized by ISIS, who are attempting to get U.S. politicians and the United States to react in fear. Duckworth said, and we can't react in fear. We can't go against our values. We have, we have to guard against that. So we can't go against our values. Well, then, why are we destroying every single law, bending over backwards to conform for what these people want to do? If we stick to our values, that means we stick to our laws, which means we stick to our immigration policies and enforce them. You think? I mean... <laughs> but, uh, but I, I can't even the, draw an analogy that all is worthy. Uh, oh, it is all a game. I mean, I mean that's like saying you know uh, having a, a Bible in every hotel room is leading to, uh, you know, I, I'm not like I said I don't have a proper analogy. No, I, I think I think that the, the Bible in, in a hotel room is not that far off. I mean, uh, the cause of the, the chain of causation, if you will, you know, it, look, it, I'm sure Bibles do save in a hotel room save some people. Okay left there. I'm sure there have been cases where somebody picked up a Bible and got saved. So that's a good thing. Better than a Quran in there, okay? Uh, better than... than uh, well, you Mickey know, Weinstein has his way. Uh, there won't be any Bibles in hotel rooms. Of course not. Or anywhere. Anywhere. Right. Right. Well, all right. Only Baphomet statues and satanic ceremonies on the courthouse steps. There you go. And and, and this is... But see, take a few steps back and take a look at the the entire landscape, and this is what we're doing from, from a, a, a view upward cruising altitude look at everything and and the 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 narrative the uh, what they're what they are doing when i say they i'm talking about the power brokers they're convincing us that uh number one they're convincing us that the, the problems that we are experiencing are not um from what we think they are i mean it's it's not it's not the alien invasion no no it's you know, people are talking about the alien invasion it's up up down everything is a duality of, of lies you've heard of white guilt obviously we're going to start hearing about american guilt of course we already have pretty much but yes and then you know uh non uh muslim guilt and i mean they're just they're out of their mind i well, mean these people are. are literally out of their mind and what makes it even worse is that the american public is so far out of their mind that these politicians and lawmakers being out of their mind and completely insane, putting forth forth these insane opinions and policies, and the American public doesn't blink an eye. Like it never happened or or they didn't hear it properly. Well, you know, just like... It's like they're already dead. Of course. Of course. This is why we've, we've driven home conversations about the Tavistock Institute. This gives us a chance now to tell you, okay, this this is why the groundwork has been laid for this this uh, programming. You're not going to hear Rush Limbaugh. You're not going to hear Sean Hannity. You're not going to hear Savage or, or well, maybe, I don't know. Savage, or, yes. Savage might, but uh, Glenn Beck now. You're no, not gonna Savage hear, is on the right side. Right, but I'm talking about the Tavistock. You're not going to hear them talk about the Tavistock Institute. We talk about it because we give you 
a, a, a venue, uh, kind of an overview of, of how that Tavistock mentality is changing our entire perception. Perception becomes reality, to, especially if, you know, okay, so, um, yeah, you know, TV show, Lucifer, it, it's, it's this assault on our senses and this, this captivation of our perception and molding of our perception that is really going forward. It, it's amazing. I, I find this amazing too today. The, the young people, um, ask for a telephone directory. How many, how many young people even use phone books anymore? Uh, try to find a pay phone and you can't do it. Mm-mm. Okay. The, and why do I include we that? We noticed that, like around the, you know, 2006, right. 2007, 2008, we used to use pay phones, uh, very frequently as in prime investigators. It was a great way to make, uh, anonymous phone calls. Oh, and, yeah. Or just bug your, bug your wife or girlfriend. And it got to a point, I remember in Buffalo, we drove around four miles, stopping at different shopping plazas, and we could not find one pay phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had to do an interview with the radio station, and, and I had to do a landline interview. I didn't have anything, so yeah, well, go figure. But, but, but see, the uh, this, in addition to, um, in addition to the, uh, well, the attempts to limit our conversation to less than 140 characters, it's it's not only the dumbing down of, of the citizens. It's not only it's, but it's changing our way of living now. We are substituting knowledge for, um, well, what do we substitute knowledge for? Knowledge for entertainment, I suppose. For stupidity. We're substituting con- uh, security for convenience or, or swapping out security for convenience. We're saying, well, we don't need those rights. It's more convenient to have it done this way. Or, I mean, you know, it, we really have a brainwashed civilization, especially here in America. Oh, of course. 90 to 95% of our population have actual uh, visual sight, but are blind completely. They can hear, but they are, are deaf. They are walking dead souls yep. with no spiritual value, no understanding of their spiritual nature or origins thinking that this fleshly body in this temporary world is all there is and all that's all they care about. You know, if I can make one request to the people out there, especially if you're homeschooling, well, if you're homeschooling, you probably already do this, but if I can make one request, I would request that if you've got children, have them learn to write, and I mean write with a pen and a paper, not type. I mean, typing is good, but have them learn to write, write in cursive, write in... Did you see that I mean, study in, um, with the social media? I forget what grades it was, but uh, under fourth, there's certain age brackets couldn't write their own name because of the use of computers. Uh, You're on to something I, there. you got to finish that thought on the other side. I'd be in trouble because... <laughs> I'd forget my address and my, you know, I have to write, I have to write my name and address in my coat or my underwear. And I, that's the only way I can find my, my way home. All right. Uh, we'll be back with Dave Hodges on the other side of this. Hagman and Hagman report. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
back to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Um, boy, we, we have we got a treat for everyone. We are coming to you live from FEMA Region 3, where we are broadcasting from an undisclosed location in a fortified bunker deep within behind enemy lines of FEMA Region 3. Coming to you now from FEMA Re- Region 9 is author, researcher, guy of the hour, and that's uh, Dave Hodges. Before we get to Dave, I want to mention that portions of the nice broadcast, as I said earlier, brought to you by proflowers.com. Folks, have you used proflowers? I, you know what I did? I ordered some flowers for my wife. They arrived today at the house, and she called me up, and she said, Oh, they're gorgeous. Thank you so much. You know, going on their website, proflowers.com, and using our microphone code, easy as pie. I mean, easy. Simple, simple, simple. You know, Valentine's Day is only, well, it's this weekend. It's a Sunday. What is it, five days away? If you're tired of guessing wrong on what she wants each Valentine's Day, the Valentine's pros at Pro Flowers are here to take the guesswork out of it. This Valentine's Day, you've got to trust the experts at Pro Flowers who give you the confidence that Valentine's Day is done right. Now, now listen, folks, here is key. This is all key, okay? Have I ever stirred, stirred you wrong on anything? No, of course not. Pro Flowers is offering our listeners, ready? Two dozen assorted roses plus a free glass vase for just twenty nine ninety nine. Now you could be a real hero and upgrade to long stem roses with a cherry red vase. It's beautiful. Oh, I got her that. That's what I got her. And chocolates. I got her that too. Don't tell anyone. For just nine ninety nine more. She likes them. Oh, she gave me a big hug. Well, not yet, but she will. Go to proflowers.com. Use our code Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N. Proflowers.com. Use the word, our code Hagman. Proflowers.com. Don't forget Hagman. Did I say that? Hagman? Don't wait till this weekend. Send them to her right now. When her coworkers or her family, when they see it, they're going to just gush all over the gift. You, you know you're going to, you, you know that, oh, she's going to give you a hug too, you know? Um, Pro, Pro Flowers is quick. They're easy. Delivery is fast. It's guaranteed for Valentine's Day. Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last seven days or your money back. It's a no-brainer, folks. You can't beat the price. You can't get the beat the convenience. Lady thought, our studio dog thought the flowers were for her. Oh, we have a, such a great picture that's floating around about her sniffing the flowers or where she's actually sniffing the flowers and looking at me with those puppy eyes saying, Hey, we're, we're mine. We're mine. I'm, I am, folks, going to, uh, there, there it is if you're watching on, on, uh, YouTube, uh, there is her image there, or a picture, actually, I took that in her family room where she's, you can't see it, but her arms are like over the couch and she's, right, right before that she sniffed the flowers and then looked up at me and said, where am I? Uh, no doggy biscuits, but I'm gonna contact Pro Flowers and say, hey, not only flowers, but maybe a package instead of chocolates, doggy biscuits. What do you think? Nah. Anyway, proflowers.com. Use our code Hagman. That's proflowers.com, code Hagman. Tonight, oh, uh, from FEMA Region 6, from the thecommonsenseshow.com. Always a crowd pleaser, Dave Hodges. Dave, great to have you. Well, hi, guys. Hey, I'm Dave. glad to be with you. I'm glad our, fee- our FEMA regions could connect tonight. Yep. Soon we might be sharing adjoining cells because I think that's what's coming. You know, you say that, and people people believe you, Dave. <laughs> Come on, man. It's all scare, scare tactics. But, no, you know, folks, if you haven't read, and I mean this, if you haven't read the reports from the com, 
read them, read them, read them, read them. FEMA, beta testing, bank holiday as the economy is near collapse, nears collapse. Uh, Jade Helm 16, UX or unconventional warfare exercises now, uh, rehearsing for civil war. Folks, we told, we, we, Dave and I talked about this years ago, four years ago. We gave you the information from our DHS insider three years ago. Now it's coming to pass, and yes, Dave, I'm, I fear, or I, I'm concerned that we might be doing the old tap on the cell walls to to make a uh, to communicate Morse code. We have to learn Morse code. Yeah, I think you're right. That's uh, and that's that they let us live. <laughs> yeah, well, what is it? Isn't the main that we're going to survive these? What? Well, they, they can chop. They can use a guillotine, guillotine right? It's, oh, that's handy. All right. Well, I'm going to shut up now and let you... We're going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. See, Joe's not talking. I'm going to shut up, so... <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I guess I can't shut up because I'm the guest, but you tell me when to shut up. Here, here right, we cool. go. Uh, I guess I am driving home, weaving my way through traffic in metropolitan Phoenix, which is a nightmare to drive in, and I'm on my way to my country home out there where I feel I've got a bit more measure of security than I do if I lived in the city as I used to. So I am glad to be escaping civilization. In fact, I'm passing the marker for the 303 highway, which is really what I call the dividing line between metropolitan Phoenix and the country. And I'm in the country. Yay, I feel like I've scaled the Berlin Wall. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. Well, I'm showing my age on that comment, aren't I? Um, so here's the deal, guys. Mm. I have now four reports four reports, and one of them is from my good friend Paul Martin of Revolution Radio, and a radio station in Loveland, KCOL 600 AM, had embedded into its news on Friday, February the 5th, right before they joined Coast to Coast, uh, a message from FEMA saying, prepare for a bank holiday on February 18th and 19th. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, all the accounts said basically the same thing. And I'm thinking, this is really bizarre. Why would they do this in Loveland, Colorado, which is, you know, about a half hour from Fort Collins, which is an hour plus from Denver? Why wouldn't they just drop down to Denver, a city of two million people, and do it there? I mean, you're going to reach more people. You're trying to warn people. And I thought, uh-huh, it's Loveland on purpose. And because it's Loveland on purpose, they're beta testing the message. They, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that they are watching bank withdrawals, bank deposits, investments from the people in this area to see if their message had an effect. What they're doing is they're measuring us. They're measuring us for what's coming. And that's the only thing. And by the way, I was told this is the only time this ran. And I kind of have an army out now in northern Colorado listening for this. And I think it's a one-shot deal, and, and I guarantee you they're 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 beta testing uh, the bank closings. Uh, they're beta testing uh, what we call the bank holiday. And Doug, this comes, and Joe, you know, you probably have read on my article. This comes at the same time that UX 16, which is Jade Helm 2, uh, is springing into action. Uh, I have been told now since November. In fact, I wrote an article back in November and said. Boys and girls, Jade Helm 15 is officially over, but Jade Helm 16 will soon be on its heels. I wrote about UX in November, but I didn't have very much information. What I have learned is it's an anti 
guerrilla warfare exercise, uh, anti-insurgency exercise inside the state of Texas run by Special Operations Forces. And I have a job memo from a private corporation, and they're advertising for, excuse me, actors, script writers, and people to play roles like in the media, uh, guerrilla chieftains. Listen, the language, guerrilla chieftains. And I found that really interesting. That means they're going to be negotiating in a guerrilla warfare scenario. But this means civil war. This uh, does not mean martial law, per se. This means civil war. And as I look at what I think are these, what's coming on with these drills, I suspect they're practicing against rogue American military units who aren't going to go along with what's going on. And what's going to go on, let me tie together some dots here and connect them, and we can go with it where we will. But there's, there's four things going on simultaneously. You have the beta test with FEMA. You know, hey, get ready for a bank holiday, and they throw out some dates, which I don't think we can take seriously. Then they have the UX drill. They've already passed the script writing phase, and they're now into the training phase before they actually take it to the field. And they're taking it to the field, uh, announced as March 28th. So that's the uh, next component. And then there's something else that's happening simultaneous to this. There's two more things. The submarine fleet is uh, now being start, starting to be torn asunder by Obama. Now, this is something I've talked to John Moore about ad nauseum on the air, and I've had this conversation with my private military sources. Obama can't get a hold of the launch codes for the submarine fleet. He's tried firing the leadership. That didn't work. Now he's working his way through the boat commanders. He's fired three in the last three weeks, two of them last week. And why would he want to take down the submarines in terms of making, not letting them be independent of him, having their own launch codes? Uh, and why is the timing of this important to the UX drill, martial law, civil war, the whole thing? Here's why. The submarine fleet, and my own father told me this back in the 80s, the submarine fleet has its own uniforms. They operate pretty much on their own rules. Even though they follow the military code of justice, they still follow their own rules. And they are meant to be America's doomsday machine, among others. And in other words, if we're invaded by enemies, either foreign or domestic or both, then they have the nuclear capability to change the, the tide of the invasion, the takeover, whatever you will call it. And if I were Obama and I was going to do something so heinous to this country that the American military might jump ship on me and I've got to subjugate them with foreign assets and DHS, remember those 2.2 billion rounds of ammo they collected, I would yep. take out the submarine fleet. I would try to negate them. And then there's a uh, fourth factor, and it's the precipitating factor. I have an insider that came out, and then someone else made a video about this, and I don't know if they're the same person. I suspect if they're not the same person, they sure know each other because they're telling the same story, that uh, Wells Fargo has a $278 trillion credit swap derivatives exposure. They can't begin to cover this, and this is now coming into fruition when it's due. Uh, we can't begin to pay the interest on it. Bailouts aren't going to cover it. And so Wells Fargo, according to two sources, and one I published the YouTube on in one of my articles, they are preparing for an imminent banking collapse. And I suspect so is J.P. Morgan, B of A, uh, and so forth. And by the way, I wrote an article on this in November of 2014. Uh, 
guess who's holding the bag for the credit swap derivatives debt for B of A and Wells Fargo? The taxpayer. The, yeah. The taxpayer. Yeah, the Federal Reserve signed on the taxpayer. And in also November, if you recall, they declared our money not to be money when it goes into the bank. Well, that means we go to the bottom of the pecking order for reimbursement when uh, the poop hits the fan, so to speak, with banking collapses. So we're not going to see a dime. This is why I've been beating that drum. You better get over to my friend Steve Quayle at Renaissance Precious Metals. You better make your order with your cash because your dollar ain't going to be worth a whole lot very much longer. So those four factors, gentlemen, come together to form what I think is a basically an overlap of events that are leading us into a civil war scenario in which America is going to be no more and the new world order is going to take us over militarily. And by the new world oh, order, man. I mean the UN is going to use foreign assets. And I have basis to believe this too. I have basis in fact. Last summer when Jade Helm was at its height, uh, I kept getting emails from people and then later it hit the media that uh, the Poles, the Canadians, uh, the Danes, all these foreign assets were training in Michigan at places like Camp Grayling, which is a known FEMA camp, and they were training with the Michigan Reserve, Army Reserve, or the Michigan National Guard, and I'm thinking, this is just too coincidental. They're training foreign assets to take over, and I've also been told this is FEMA camp related. I was told that by my best military source, and I said, so explain to me, and he said, well, Dave, you've already written about it. He said they're going to train foreign assets to take over the FEMA camps. He's right. FM 39.4, they cover that exclusively and, and in detail how they're going to turn this over to foreign operatives to run the FEMA camps. This is why I've written about guillotines, because who, who can we say they're not going to turn them over to the Muslim Brotherhood or some other radical group where in Islam they advocate beheading people who are not of Islamic faith, especially if they're Christian. So this stuff is all coming together, guys, as, as we've talked about before, Doug, right on your show. Steve Quayle's right. We're no longer writing about what's coming because what's coming is already here. And, uh, you know, you laid this out really well, Dave. I mean, thank you for that foundational uh, discourse that you just gave. I think that's so important. Now, if we can back up a little bit, uh, because people will undoubtedly ask a few questions of you, of us, and... Uh, uh, mainly to vilify us and, and say, oh, this is not happening. But, it, well, before I even ask the questions, I do want to mention you were talking about the ec ec economic collapse and our current state here domestically in the United States, but this is all of the West. But it's interesting, The um, our resident expert on the Baltic Dry Index, Larry M. from Santa Clarita, California, writes that, you know, it's down another two to historic lows of 291. That's an mm -hmm. observation. Okay, that's number one. But let me back up even further in the discourse, in your discourse. Now, you had mentioned about Jade Helm. Now, we're talking about Jade Helm 2016 or UX exercises, the exercises, the unconventional warfare exercises. Now, let me ask this. To the people who, who would say, Dave, Dave, hey, didn't you get the memo? Nothing happened, Jade Helm. Oh, it was all just a big nothing. Uh, it was a zero, not a nothing happened. See, you fear monger, you. So, tell me, what do you say to that? Because... I'm sure undoubtedly there are going to be people saying, well, nothing I happened. Fear monger, I played, I played guilty as charged because this is scary stuff. <laughs> Amen, brother. I got, it is. I got better things to do with my time to invent fear. 
I mean, I, I, I was on the golf course today with my son, my 15-year-old son. That's fun for me. That's living. You yeah. know, quality time with my son. I'd much rather do that than what we're doing right now, no offense intended, but but uh, I, I have better things to do with my time. I didn't want to do this. I was called to do this. John Wells and I talked about this on my show the other night. This happens to be my calling, and I was dragged into it when McCain and his globalist friends tried to steal the properties of my rural neighborhood, and uh, they were going to put a Canamex highway through without paying us for our land. And this is how I became an activist, got on the air. Um, it's, it was God's plan, really, and it's, it is my calling. And uh, I don't like doing my calling all the time, but I'm obedient to my master, and he's made it abundantly clear to me through many different messages he sent me, you know, circumstantially and through kind of like what you get in your prayers, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So uh, I'm not making this stuff up because I'm trying to frighten people. In fact, actually, there's a flip side of my message. If we turn the coin over on my message and you look on the other side, if you just look at who my advertisers are, you know, and I got Steve, you know, who, who converts cash into gold, the only thing that's going to hold value, in my opinion, after the crash. And I've got uh, ready-made resources with Bob Griswold, who sell, sells every survival supply known to man. This is why I pick my advertisers as I do, because they provide hope for people and enhance their survival. So I'm not just trying to scare. I'm trying to inform. And then I try to say, here's what I'm doing. I hope you do the same thing. Yeah, we need to be prepared. We do, without preparation, I mean, lack of preparation to me is irresponsible. It would be as irresponsible as owning a house without without um, fire insurance, property insurance, or, or driving a car without the proper insurance as well, because you, it's it's just insurance. And you go back to, you know, uh, a few generations ago from my grandparents, and I'm sure their parents, and especially uh, my grandparents on my mother's side, I remember in the basement, you know, they had, Rooms where they cellar. where they had whole rooms of canned food stored away, and it was common practice that I mean, yeah that was something that was done every year. They did it normally, and uh, there was you know no fear associated with it. No, it was just they understood that disaster or collapse could happen at any moment, whether it be local, national, or globally. So they took measures to prepare because they lived through the Great Depression. They lived through World War One, World War Two. They saw Correct. what could happen. Uh, no, so they prepared accordingly. But, but Dave, um, getting back to Jade Helm from last year, I just want to clear the air on this. People say nothing happened, but wait a minute. The, the assets, to our knowledge, are still deployed throughout the country. Massive deployment of assets. Nothing brought back in. Uh, okay. Um, are, are people blind? I mean, look, they shouldn't even be operating on U.S. soil anyway, right? Yeah, but, you know, the naysayers will say, well, that's just BS to scare people. No, no, no. This is preparations. If if you look at it this way, this is preparations. And I think you're, you're dead, dead, dead right, as opposed to being just dead. Um, all right, so... All right, so so the where where did you come up with the designation UWEX was that published anywhere or was was this your designation or was this did you catch it well, somewhere can, uh, can you guys hear me yeah go ahead mm-hmm. now we can I just had a long cut I just I, I think someone who doesn't like my message decided you shouldn't hear any more of it so I think I'm back though yeah you're back you're back don't go anywhere 
Just don't don't move your head if you're talking on a cell phone. <laughs> yes, I'm fixed behind my seatbelt, driving safely in rural Arizona. So oh, wait, you're driving right now? Oh, so yes. Far. All right. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, I don't know what point that we lost each other, but l- let me come back to the original statement you made, and and I'll elaborate on a little bit more. Um, what you don't know can hurt you. In fact, it can kill you. And I'm still hoping for the day when we can wake up enough people where we can have at least some measure of pushback. There's a real interesting piece of social psychology research out there, and it was done by a group called SNARK. And I don't remember what the acronym stands for now. But if you Google SNARK um, and you look up and ask this question, how many, what percentage of the people does it take to turn a fad into a trend? And this has applicability for our message here in the independent media. And the answer is when you reach 10% of a given population and these people are really committed, then the event, the belief, the fad takes off like wildfire. And I'm waiting for us to reach that 10% market saturation. And this is why I believe we're seeing such interference. I tried to interview Ammon Bundy on the 10th of January. We announced it all show long. He's coming on the last half hour. We came out of our commercial break one minute before Ammon's supposed to be with us. And both of the satellites that carry my show went down or listened by phone, which I don't think has anything to do with satellite, went down. All of Ammon's communications and all of his people's communications went down. They didn't want that to come off. So we did a jury rig interview the next day without publicizing it, and we got it out. The other side doesn't want our message to be exposed. And we have had numerous interferences. And I will tell you this, since I started working on this um, story with UX and the Civil War training, um, I've had two laptops crashed within six hours of each other. Um, I've had trouble with my phone communications. Um, I could go on with a whole host of things. But I have never had this much personal interference in doing a story ever. Uh, I was on uh, Facebook, and I hate Facebook, but I was on because I go where the enemy goes, kind of like what Jesus did to preach the gospel. And I go on there to put my articles out there, and I was writing about UX and part one of this, and I put it out, and within 10 publications to 10 groups, I was taken off and my account was suspended. And there was nothing offensive in the... the, uh, There's nothing offensive in there I should have been taken down for. But I triggered something with the NSA, I'm sure, and Google's automatic programming kicked in and says, oh, we're going to kick this guy off. So these people don't want this message about what we opened the show to come out. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Hmm. Yeah, I've noticed Facebook uh, censoring comments, keywords, um, anything, well, whether it's a social matter, such as, uh, you know, the homosexuality, or um, a wartime or, or civil war um, Muslims too. Yeah, Muslims. Absolutely. How about this? Um, James Clapper says Twitter posts are encouraging terrorists to strike. National intelligence boss exaggerates Islamic State domestic terror threat. Uh, not only this, they're talking about um, protecting the anti-Muslim rhetoric on social media, uh, or not protecting. I'm sorry, going after the anti-Muslim rhetoric on social media, protecting the. Uh, Islamist. Not only that, but partnering up with ISIS and these other groups, allowing them to post. 
uh, I believe the headline uh, from the from Infowars.com was uh, Twitter announces partnership with Islamists and feminists to restrict free speech. Social media giant Trust and Safety Council with Islamic and feminists. Islamist and it goes on to say that Twitter's organizing a Trust and Safety Council with Islamists and feminists to prevent abuse, harassment, and bullying with uh, which critics point out will lead to mass censorship on Twitter. Yep. So n- not only can, you know what Dave, not only can we are we uh, being restricted to communicate in 140 characters or less, those 140 characters better not fall into a certain line where it says homo or Islamic or you know Obama, uh, Obama bad. Anyway, good. Yeah. You, well, I the think we just call Obama to be safe. We'll just call him what Steve Quayle calls him, the entity. The entity. There you go. The the, the renegade entity. Say yeah. President entity. <laughs> and uh, then we don't have to worry about getting censored. Well, we need to make up yeah. code words. You know. Um, well, well, well. The Secret Service code you know, word for Obama is renegade. So, and and he's lawless. So there you go. There you uh, go. That's good. Okay, now, now Dave. And again, folks, we're talking with Dave Hodges, host of the Common Sense Show. Um, also, the man behind the very popular common, the commonsensual.com website. His articles are always welcomed, and he wrote a, a fantastic article uh, that was published today, early today. FEMA is beta testing a bank holiday as the economy nears collapse. And he has a show on Global Star Radio Network every Sunday. You listen, to, it's a, listening is a requirement, as far as I'm concerned. We always listen to, to Dave's show. But having said all of that, Dave, um, the your findings with respect to this Jade Helm 16. People at number one, people better understand that we are not that the Jade Helm love uh, last year's Jade Helm is still I don't know still in effect I suppose right uh, the assets are still deployed for the most part. So yeah, well, absolutely. The purpose of Jade Helm was twofold. One, they did practice dissident extractions. I published probably the most infamous photo of that from March 27th, I believe, as of March 30th. Yep. of last year in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, that was one purpose. The other purpose was the redeployment of assets for whatever nefarious purpose, which I think is what we're looking at here. Um, they're positioning to for civil war. Right. Uh, what I suspect they did, though, is they weakened certain key areas by moving assets. I don't know that for a fact, but I posed that to one of my military sources, and he said that would make a great deal of sense. He said if they felt the American military was going to rise up against what was going to happen, that you would want to weaken their command and control structure and take away some of their heavy armaments. Do you remember all the trains last year? Oh, yeah. Two-mile trains of nothing but tanks and armored gear and stuff. Exactly. And so for just uh, – we got to establish the fact that, that this really is, is a – Really, a deployment of assets, military assets, and it's nationwide. Now we have against the Constitution, of course, uh, training on urban training on, on military urban training on our streets, and of course, this is it, this is not being done for nothing. Obviously, um, we have somebody who asking us here: How long do you think we have? When you talk about the economic collapse, how many, how how long do you think we have? And I know this is kind of trying to read tea leaves. But in your, what's your gut telling you? Uh, because we're, we're never right, according to most people. We're never right. We don't know. Can't but guess the, can't guess the time frame. The globalists ma- manage by objective, and as objectives change, so do time frames. So it's really difficult to get an accurate handle. 
I think we need to look at this in terms of a progressive chain of events rather than a set of calendar days. And what I look for, um, I'll tell you another thing I'm going to throw in, and I think it's a warning sign to come. I have a, it's almost a gut feeling, guys, but circumstantially, it's supported by the events. I think we're headed for a major false flag against Muslims to be blamed falsely on patriots as an excuse to erode more of our civil liberties, including gun ownership and freedom of speech. And here's what I base this on. The day after San Bernardino, when 14 Americans were killed by an ISIS sympathizer, uh, Loretta Lynch mob comes out as the attorney general, and she doesn't comfort the families, uh, doesn't say anything to the country about how we should be in mourning. She says, if you speak out against Muslims, we're coming to get you. Mm. Okay, that was one. And then there was a House resolution, and I don't have my paperwork in front of me, that was passed seven, eight days ago. And basically, it, it uh, made it illegal to speak against Muslims in this resolution. Um, and Muslims are, were now a protected category of people that supersedes Christians, Jews, atheists, and so forth. They have special status under the law now, according to this resolution. And I could go on and on, but you get the idea. What we're seeing, oh, I'll give you the big one. Obama went to that mosque last week. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. we need to address this. And at that mosque, he basically says, you're the most put-upon people in the world, especially in this country. Muslim Americans are great. And I'm not arguing there's not Muslims that don't contribute greatly to our society. Of course there are, and we appreciate you. But he went on to say, We're the, you're the most put-upon people. That's a bunch of bull hockey, because if you go to any of the statistics run on hate crimes against various groups... Jews are number one, and they outnumber Muslims and being victims of hate crimes by over a four-to-one margin. Obama was lying through his teeth. And by the way, the stats were vetted by the FBI. There's no excuse that he doesn't know. Of course he knows. I think Muslims are going to be targeted. I think there's going to be a huge false flag event, and people like us are going to get blamed. Uh, we're inciting violence on the air so Hodges and Hagman and all you other guys, we're going to have to shut you down for the good of the country. I think that's coming. I think yeah, we have a real I, short I shelf life as far as our shows go. I, I totally agree with you on that. And I and I look at this when we talk about protected classes, and that's what you're talking about with the uh, House resolution about uh, um, uh, protected classes and, and throwing Muslims in there. Of course, it's it's counterintuitive it, it, it at least in my view uh to to discuss this especially when we're talking about the uh, uh when we talk about the alien invasion you know people people say well it's a humanitarian as- issue no it's not this this is a, an orchestrated invasion of of alien immigrants of of really battle age if you will that are coming into this country and upsetting or infiltrating and, and um, um disrupting the moral and Judeo-Christian fabric of this country, but having said all of that, if I can weigh in on the timing of this, because you make some really good points in your February 9th article, today's article, where you, the title is FEMA is beta testing a bank holiday as the economy nears collapse. You cannot bring this many people into the United States, in my view, that uh, and be able to sustain the economy through these outreach programs that we had that they're being given. Right, I mean, so this is all timed for a confluence of events. In my view, I'm looking, you know, 
hey, anytime. But but you're right, they rule or they govern by objective, so we don't know. But man, it's it seems to be coming close. Um, well, it's a long, yeah, long it's way marking the, the end. It's marking the end of the United States of America too. It's um, yeah. All right, now we, we have nothing left with our government, guys. And we we I like to say this. I don't like to say it, but I mean it's a true statement. We are playing in a game right now that has absolutely no rules. That's no. sad. You know, that's very, very sad and, and disconcerting to really think about that. The you, you point out a few things here, and I really want to uh, hit a, a, a few of these these aspects of your article because all of this, when you look at the bigger picture, Dave, I believe we're seeing violent crime on the rise, as, as you point out here. Los Angeles alone. Violent crime has increased by an overall 20%. You're not going to hear about this necessarily in this context on by the major media. Violent crime in L.A., up 20%. But they're going to turn this and spend this to take away the guns. They're going to turn it and spend it to say, okay, you can't you can't hate speech is driving this. Um, you can't talk about the uh, alien invasion. You can't talk about the Muslims in this way. You can't talk about the homosexual sodomites in this country. You, you can't push a fundamentalist Christian obje- agenda. So, coming on the horizon or right here is this House resolution or soon-to-be legislation to support protected classes that includes homosexuality, homosexuals, that is, and um, um, Muslims. And those people uh, at the other end of this, of course, will be the fundamental, fundamentalist Christians and the people who are you know, attempting to uh, to go be, abide by the Constitution. So, um, do you see, putting this together, do you see perhaps... A time here in the inner, between now and the time that Obama is scheduled to leave office, do you see a time when there will be legislation that you speak of? I mean, passed and implemented, where we are going to be having to go go underground to write or to uh, um, to talk about the, this kind of thing in conjunction with. And this is, I guess, I should have let off with this part in conjunction with the United States giving up the ICANN uh, or the control of, over the internet. Well, that's a mouthful you just asked. Yeah, me. <laughs> I, should, I, I should I should have kind of wow. backed up. Uh, I, I just sorry about it's that. Multi-dimensional. Um, yeah. I think we're going to go for blanket censorship, uh, but it's going to the blanket's not going to be brought out first. It's going to be done incrementally. We're following the Nazi war plan. There you go. You know, uh, we really are. We're following their strategies, and what they did. They didn't start out by persecuting the Jews and putting them to death. They started out incrementally. Well, you can't work in a bank if you're a Jew. Everybody knows Jews are bad with money. They steal. You can't teach our kids in universities and high schools, so we're going to ban you from those jobs. And progressively over time, they conditioned the German people. This is our scapegoat. Look how bad they are. We've shown how bad they are. And then they work their way to the Holocaust. And this is the kind of incrementalism that's underway right now in this country where we're being vilified as domestic terrorists. Case in point, the BLM goes on land, the Bundy Ranch and Bundy's 52 neighbor ranchers, and I'm talking about Clive and Bundy, and 51 of those ranchers are now out of business. And then they do the same thing, you know, in Burns, Oregon, with the Hammond Ranch. The BLM steals illegally. They're an unconstitutional organization. They're a private corporation and they operate on a government mandate. It's totally unconstitutional what they're doing. They violate the Fifth Amendment rights of ranchers and farmers, and no one's doing anything. And when someone does do something, they get executed, in the case of Lavoie Finicum, and the rest of these people are headed to prison 
because they're domestic terrorists. And what are they domestic terrorists for? For standing up for their Fifth Amendment rights. That's right. A- anything that that's godly or or, or um, in line with the U.S. Constitution is going to be hands off and, and un, unapproachable. Un, you know, you can't talk about it. So that's where we're at. Now, I, I, I get another question here for you. Just a ton of email. People reading your article and saying, hey, wait, ask Dave this or ask Dave that. L- let me kind of change gears and ask you about the um, oil prices, which you wrote, you wrote about the plunging oil prices, the low oil, oil prices representing a financial risk, which is equivalent with the housing bust. Dave, uh, uh, number one, how are low oil prices bad for the U.S. economy? And number two, could it be possible that lower oil prices is part of a multi, multi-dimensional warfare against other countries? It could Your be. Thoughts? All right. That that part I think is very likely, and you can make a case for that. I haven't delved into that like I probably will. But what I can tell you this with oil prices, I mean, I, I loathe the oil companies. I mean, they have ripped us off for so long and in so many different ways, and they've caused so many wars and so much suffering on this planet that when they're taking it in the short, so to speak, and their profit margins are severely being cut into, part of me wants to jump up and down and say, this is God's vengeance. Thank you, Lord. But the reality is is that low prices can go too low. I mean, we can have too much of a good thing. And oil prices are reaching a level now where the middleman can't make money. And if the middleman can't make money because oil is so low, that means your just-in-time deliveries will slow down or perhaps even stop. And if that happens, you're going to see massive shortages in many products, including food. That's the danger I think we're looking at. Wow. Now, now that is kind of a mouthful when you take it uh, on the larger scope um, and really apply the macro view to the economy and, and how this is all intertwined. And, and you know, we can... We can actually um, join this with the state of America's energy, our infrastructure with respect to the energy here in the uh, in the United States. And, and you had referenced something that appeared in the Economic Collapse blog, where uh, 42 North American oil companies have filed for bankruptcy, taking out what 130,000 good-paying energy jobs. So. Yes. This is incredible. Yet again, no one is. But the economy's fine, according to the primary media, mainstream media, corporate media. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Did you know uh, Australia is practicing for war games today, and they're also engaged in anti-terrorist activity training? Not seeing that in the Western media, are you? N- no, not at all. That's, well, that's my. That's the answer to your question. There we're, we're selectively fed information as the media sees fit and as they're told to do. Wow. All right. You know, it, it's as I look at everything, and you had, and, and folks, we're talking with Dave Hodges at thecommonsunshow.com, his radio show, his website, featured right now. If you look at uh, our YouTube channel, there it is. Um, you had to really blazon the way with respect to UX and uh Jade Helm 16, if that's what uh, you'd want to call it. And I think you've made a case, prima facie case, that that uh, there is preparations, there are preparations being made for um, a war against our own citizens. What about, uh, can you tell, I'm a, well, you did mention this, so I guess I can ask this question. You and I were talking last night about a specific radio 
broadcast that went out over the airwaves that you were told about. Do you know what I'm talking about? I guess I, I guess I can. Yeah, yeah, reference. the KCOL. Um, yeah. FEMA announcement about a bank holiday, which is the beta test, I believe. Okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, folks, Dave and I were were talking last night, and um, you had referenced this, the KCOL. Hey, there's a, a FEMA notice or emergency broadcast notice on KCOL. Were you able to? Was there any verification of that, or was this? Let me let me tell you what I've done with that. Uh, station's not returning calls. They're probably <laughs> inundated. Uh, secondly, can't go into the archives because that's in the news item, and you know the news gets edited out in all archives, and it was a news item, so it's not retrievable. My source is based on three people who have individually contacted me with email since Friday, and they asked me what I knew about it, and they all told pretty much the same story, and then Paul Martin chimed in yesterday. And Paul Martin's been a great source of information for me through the years, and so that's four confirmations. I, do I believe it happened? Yes, I do. And for the reasons I said when we started the interview, they're beta testing in a small community as opposed to playing in an hour south in Denver where two million people could have heard it. They yeah, want to see for, what the effect is. Yeah, and just for clarification, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those who have been with us the entire show, um, we have, we've had a lot of people join us for, for specifically to hear what you got to say, Dave, and, and I wanted to make sure we got that in because, that, as you had indicated before, on February 5th, 2016, KCOL 600 AM out of Loveland, Colorado, according to reports that you had obtained, they um, uh, broadcast an emergency message basically stating that this is an announcement of the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Be advised that a banking holiday will be introduced on February 18th and 19th. Now, um, obviously, we, you know, we, we take it at face value. So just for people joining us late, which of course was the impetus or part of the reason for your uh, article today. Uh, well, small, small impetus. And let me explain why I put it in there. I could have very well written that article without that uh, um, reference to the alleged statement by FEMA about a bank right. holiday. The article was stood on its own. I put this in here as a teaser I believe it happened because I've got four sources, and one of them is impeccable in Paul Martin. But I'm also teasing the audience out there, both now our listening audience and my reading audience. I want to know if this is going on anywhere else. I don't believe if this is a beta test, this is going to be done in isolation. They'll, they'll test it in other communities, and I want people to be aware of it and ready to act on it. In other words, contact Dave Hodges or Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman. Let us know when it happens, who said what, what station, what time of day. All right. All right. And, and folks, there, there's your homework assignment. If you know of any other stations or if you have documentation about the uh, or verification about the February 5th or any time of uh, uh, any station broadcasting a FEMA message or an emergency broadcasting message, Notify us because we need this information, uh, and uh, we we can put, connect the dots. Um, I mean, end of story. Dave, the, the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. This is something that I really want to kind of get into as well. Um, they're not waiting the ninety days or, or their, their requisite amount of time. Uh, they're for before implementation. Of course, they haven't done that. Your thoughts on TPP on on the role of TPP in this whole mess? That's never talked about. TPP is not talked about. But you've got 95% of the world's economy now joined in with this uh, trade agreement. Well, TPP um, is a treaty 
and as such, it should require a two-thirds approval by the Senate. Right. And Obama has acted unilaterally and has even obscured the Senate from even seeing what the TPP is. So that on its face means that America as a whole should reject this. We are such helpless little sheep. This is grounds for impeachment right here with Obama. And I just can't believe we don't act on this. I, I just shake my head at the indifference that people express towards their country. And let me give a real quick civics lessons here. Folks, your, your job in your home security, your bank account, your retirement savings, everything that you hold dear for what you've spent your life working for doesn't mean squat if your country's not solvent. And the TPP makes America insolvent. And as such, nothing you have or own or need for the future, whether it be health care or retirement, is going to be there because this agreement has sold the American people down the proverbial toilet. And we just hum right along like nothing is wrong. Of course. Nothing is wrong. Perception becomes reality. Did we lose you? I was explaining to someone the other day about how our numbers, economic numbers, are worse than they were in 1929. <laughs> and they say, but I'm doing okay, so it's okay for me. And it's, you know, we have our blinders on. The psychologists call it cognitive dissonance, you know, refusal to accept the paradigm shift. But we're in so much trouble, and and I fear for so many people, because when the collapse comes and the crackdown follows, most Americans aren't even going to know what hit them. That's right. And, and you know, Dave Hodges gives you the information, we give you the information. Everyone in the media that is doing this responsibly is giving you the information about how to prepare You've got it, folks. We need to, we need to continue. And, you know, the biggest thing you can do is turn others to the, I'm now, Dave, I'm speaking to the listeners here. Those people listening to us tonight, share this with others. And, and I've gotten emails saying, yeah, I've tried to share, talk to others, but people don't want to hear. But, you know, it's a numbers game. Like you said earlier, this is a numbers game. Share it with those who are open and share this program, share Dave's columns, his program, and wake others up because they cannot fight, they, meaning the, the, the powers, cannot fight this, um, the information war, cannot win, I should say, the information war. They, they, they might be able to throw in some, some roadblocks there, but uh, we certainly have the, I believe, the, the upper hand with respect to the information war. All right. Wow, man. Okay, so it's all economically, uh, it's all related to the economy, I guess, is yeah, what and- I'm getting here. Dave, uh, we got about eight minutes till the top of the hour break. Uh, would you stay with us into the third hour and oh yeah, sure, possibly take to. some calls? Oh man, we got so many people who want to talk to you, Dave. You okay with that? No, I'm fine. Sure, I'd, I'd love okay. to. Sure. All right. All right. Yeah, and folks, we're talking to Dave Hodges, thecommonsenseshow.com, good friend of the program, a truth teller, a truth seeker, and a truth teller. That's thecommonsenseshow.com. Joe, I'd interrupt you. Over talk to you. Did you? Yeah, there's a. Uh, we're talking on the economy. The uh, latest article out of the Telegraph: German finance minister and bank chief insist Deutsche Bank is rock solid. 
Yeah, but there is some problems here. Mm-hmm, uh, Deutsche Bank has lost half of its value since last summer. Yeah, that's untrue. That's a totally false statement. And, wow. They go on to say that uh, shares in, in in Deutsche tumbled another four point seven percent on Tuesday. The bank shares fell thirteen point two six euros down 46% since the start of the year and 58% in the last six months. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there we have it. This, this, I don't, I don't get this, uh, Dave, but you know, you're right. I mean, people don't want to hear the truth. The economy is really, I, I believe, it's all about money. Follow the money. Investigations, you follow the money because at the end of that trail is where you're going to find answers. Dave, ho- hold on a second here. Let me take care of some business. I do want to mention, um, as we're approaching the top of this hour, I want to mention that tonight portions of the nice program brought to you by Whole Tones Live. That's WholeTonesLive.com. Have you done it yet? Ladies and gentlemen, have you gone to Whole Tones Live to download your free sample of music? You know, Talking about current events, talking about the things that we're talking about, boy, can does that ever cause stress? Do you feel stressed? Are you sick of being stressed? Are you are, are you are you sick of being overwhelmed or, or unmotivated? Do you feel like uh, life itself is running you instead of you running your life? You are not alone, folks. You can finally experience the scientifically proven powers of music therapy with whole tones. They offer a collection a collection of proven music therapy that can help reduce your stress, ease your mind, motivate you. You can get started today. You can listen to a free sample. And, I mean, it it's a great sample to introduce you to this this music, this this frequency, this, this amazing music that heals and inspires at WholeTonesLive.com. We have gotten so many emails from listeners who have ordered this product, one of many one of many. They said this. I started playing WholeTonesLive.com throughout my workday. Not only was I more creative and more motivated, the work I was doing seemed easier and clearer. Now, we had Michael Terrell on our show. He explained exactly how this music was inspired by the music frequencies of King David. Absolutely incredible product. Music is one of life's greatest pleasures. It has does have tremendous power. The power to bring a tear or to quiet a racing mind. Folks, Take advantage of this. Take advantage. You've got, you can do this and you can, you can benefit from this revitalized ancient healing music therapy. This, this biblical Bible based tool that we have at our fingertips. Folks, go to the website and download a free sample at wholetoneslive.com. Support our broadcast. Go to wholetoneslive.com. That's wholetoneslive.com. W-H-O-L-T, tones live, wholetoneslive.com. Check it out for yourself. It's a wonderful product. All right. We're talking with Dave Hodges tonight, thecommonsenshow.com. He's going to be right back, taking care of some business. Sounds like he's actually getting into some place where he's going to be uh, talking from a static location as opposed to one that's one where he's going 60 miles an hour, maybe. And I get to put my feet up. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> in the third hour, we're going to be taking calls uh, from our audience, uh, people who have questions for Dave. About um, his articles or any questions, comments, or concerns about anything going on in the world of news and, and current events. And the number to call is 844-769-2944. That's 844-769-2944. 
and we will take as many calls as possible. We just ask you to be uh, short and concise, and we'll roll through them as quickly as possible. Dave, did you happen to catch the Super Bowl halftime show? No, actually, I have not. I recorded it, and I've had better things to do, like <laughs> clean my windows. So I'll eventually get to it. <laughs> I didn't watch the game or the or the halftime show either, but um, I'm seeing some pretty interesting things about the halftime show. That's why I asked. Well, of course, uh, you know, the Illuminati is going to be alive and well, and Satan has a stage. You know, how about that show on uh, Fox, following oh, the X Files, called Lucifer? How about that? Giving bad a good name. Well, you know, the way I look at it, Dave, it's just entertainment and it's harmless. And yeah, okay, no, really. It's conditioning our kids that Lucifer's part of our society. Yeah, other than that, it doesn't do any harm. And for those who don't know, I mean, uh, folks, Dave has, Dave Hodges has got um, sheepskin on the wall. Okay, so he knows what he's talking about when it comes to programming. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to psychology and conditioning. I mean, what's next? The show, uh, you know, 666 Mark of the Beast is is okay for your future? That's <laughs> right. It, uh, no, I think I'm, they should have a reality show. They'll probably come out with something called Beheadings, you know? <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> you know, mean, who's going to get beheaded this week? Kind of like Survivor, you know, but rather than Survivor, it's beheading. I mean, well, this is how depraved we're becoming. And, and what's worse, and, and going to be the, you know, uh, the fruits of this show, Lucifer, is a, a generation or, or specific group of people who watch this show who buy into the, to the, uh, actual false reality of that narrative and go around thinking that Lucifer is a, uh, harmless entity, uh, or in an, maybe a, a helpful entity to humans, not even aware of the history of good and evil stemming back to the Garden of Eden and the angels fall from heaven. And we were opening at the beginning of the show, we talked about how people today are just completely, I mean, they are walking around zombies. They are dead inside. Exactly. Uh, and we're up at the top of the hour. A man who has been deemed... Unsus- unsuitable to be left unsupervised there in FEMA Region 3 deemed by the DHS unsuitable to be left unsupervised Dave Hodges, thecommonsenshow.com and be right back at the top of the hour stay, stay right where you are This is the Global Star Radio Network Welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug and uh, Doug and Joe Hagman here on duty in our fortified bunker, way above ground, FEMA Region Three. Whereas we're talking to way Dave above Hodges. ground. Did I say way above ground? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's true. I guess <laughs> there I blew it. All right. Uh, anyway, um, now Dave Hodges from the Common Sense Show is our special guest. We're taking your phone calls, and of course, right now we are we have a full bank of call callers. But I I I want to ask. Uh, uh, Dave Hodges about this, about, uh, 
It's something that we spoke about last night that we, we, I didn't quite mention. Well, you know what? Before we get into any topical matter about the state of well, what's going on, Dave, I noticed on your website um, your health reporter, Katie Whalen, is in need of our help. You want to address this a little bit? Well, Katie's been my health reporter on the Common Sense Show, and she has her own segment. It's a wildly popular segment. She does such a great job. She informs, she educates, and she helps people, <coughs> excuse me, lead, lead people to the right products. Well, Katie has breast cancer, and it's a very virulent form. It's the kind that <coughs> is spread out and goes its own direction simultaneously. And um, conventional therapy, chemo, wouldn't even touch this. So she's opted to go the more natural route. She's got top-line physicians. But to do all this, because it's not covered by insurance, because they want you to either cut it out, poison it out, or burn it out, and why the pharmaceuticals make lots of money, she's trying to go a different route, which is the natural route, which is pre-synthetic. And to do that, she needs about $25,000. I haven't looked at her total since um, Saturday, I think. And I think she was around 3800 then. So we're asking people to go up to my website at thecommonsenseshow.com, scroll down a few stories. You'll see Katie's picture with reference to her, and there's a GoFundMe site. And there, there's two things I hope to achieve here. One is we really do need to raise this money so Katie has a fighting chance. And uh, no gift is too small. Uh, $1, $2, $5, $10, $100, $500. We've had gifts on everything in that range. And God blesses all gifts. The other thing that happens is when we come together in a spirit of giving, you know, under the authority of Christ, we marshal the power that's been given to us by the Almighty, and we can affect healing in Katie. And this includes putting her on prayer chains and our collective action towards, you know, getting the money that she needs for the care. These all come together. They coalesce in a form that the spirit actually starts to fight the battle, not man. And this is what I'm hoping we can accomplish with Katie. I've been through this with my own son. When my boy was born, he was born two months premature. He weighed just over two pounds. My wife was in the hospital two months before and two months after with very serious complications. And as I found out through the months, <clears throat> they were on prayer chains of people I didn't even know, churches I didn't even, wasn't even a part of. And I've, I've seen the collective power when we all come together under the authority of Christ and call upon his healing power. Today, you look at my 15-year-old son, he's healthy, he's bright. You'd never know he was preemie. My wife is healthy. So I've experienced this on a personal basis, and I hope we can marshal these forces to help Katie, and I appreciate so much you letting me talk about this. Oh, you know, she's part of the family. David, she's part of the family. You know, and I could not believe when she told me. I did not know the day that she was diagnosed, and we talked subsequent to that, and she really, um, uh, it just took my breath away when I was talking to her, and she she said, I got something to tell you, and she told told me, and it was, uh, you know, let's, so let's get behind her. We're all family here. That's Katie Whelan. Let's get behind her. If you're watching on YouTube, the GoFundMe page is up there. We need to get that up uh, so she can she can pay for her natural remedy uh, remedies. It's it's a process. It's not a a one shot deal. So, and I do know that uh, I know what she's paying. I know that this is all above board, and she really needs our help. So let's get behind her 
That's Katie Whalen. Go to thecommonsensual.com. Follow the links right to her GoFundMe page. Dave, thank you so much for being a good friend to her. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, she's part of and, she's part of our family, and yep. and and there's just no choice I have in the matter. It's just what I have to do. And um, I need her too. I mean, professionally, I need her. Personally, I need her. And the world doesn't need so much. I think Katie's message as they need people like Katie. And those of you who have gotten to know her know exactly what I'm talking about. And I told her on my show, it's hard not to talk about this without getting emotional, but um, I, I watched the movie Apollo 13 for a second time about a week ago. And before we went on the air to talk about her condition, when she announced it, I remember um, when two NASA officials were arguing, this is going to be a horrible disaster. These astronauts are going to die. And Shorty Powers looked at Gene Cernan and said, quite the contrary, Gene, this is going to be our finest hour. And I think what I will hope, I hope comes from Katie's situation is that she marshals these forces. She re- regains and reclaims her health and it will be Katie's finest hour. And she'll serve as a shining example to so many who will fight this battle at some point in their life and she'll provide hope that they can go forward and be successful. Amen. Amen to that. As uh, statistics show that one in eight women uh, in the U.S. develop breast cancer over their lifetime. That's a staggering number. And uh, as you said, Katie is an essential part of your show, Dave, and she is a friend of this show, and uh, we do need her. So we ask and urge everybody who can to please uh, help Katie out in her battle with cancer. And the GoFundMe page can be found off of Hagman and Hagman.com. Uh, HagmanReport.com as well as the Comments and Show. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Dave, if you're ready to take calls, we can take calls now. You bet. All right. All right, let's go to Joe in California. You're our first caller of the night, Joe. Welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report live with Dave Hodges. Thank you, guys. Great show. I mean, as usual. I'll make this very quick. Everybody's been talking about the Zika virus. Has anybody looked up what Zika means? I don't know. Okay. I, well, I'm kind of weird like that. These, the Hagmans know me. I look at numbers and all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, Wikipedia, mainstream page. If you go to Zika virus and then go under, I think it's history, just dig around. You'll find it. It means overgrown in the Luganda language. So Zika forest is a tropical forest, and it means overgrown. Could they possibly be talking about our population by using that word? Very so, that's, a I thought that, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. That that gave me the chills. So I wanted to uh you know, let you guys know over the airwaves so others could uh you know, think about that, discern that one. I, I think it's a little a little a little obvious that they're talking about our population here. Or could be if this is one of the diseases that they go forward with, so one of the many, right? <laughs> and, caller, I don't know if you heard at the uh, beginning of the show, there was an article um, that talked about how the uh, strictest abortion laws in the world, basically in down in Latin America, from El Salvador to Brazil, uh, are going to have to be reexamined because of the uh, child uh, defect, uh, the problems that, that childbirth yeah, has with the virus. Encephalopathy. What they want to do is 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 turn around the bans on because uh, in El Salvador, for instance, they have a, a ban on all abortions. But what they're doing now is pleading to the ministers of health 
in these different nations to lift the restrictions of abortions specifically because of the birth defects caused by this Zika virus. How convenient. Well, not only that, that seems to fall under the satanic way, doesn't it? It's not yeah. that they're doing, they're not doing it to us. They're fearing us, whether they sign a war into law or whatever, and then we go fight the war, we pay the taxes to pay for the killing, blah, blah, blah. So that would be our own decision, and thus, in the satanic church, their karmic debt is relieved. And it, again, falls on the dummies walking around doing whatever they say. See, it's, it, it's, 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 once you know their, their operating rules with the satanic stuff, it's, it's simple to see. So I just wanted you guys to be aware that there's a ton of callers. I don't want to take up any more time. You guys are awesome, and thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Joe, thank you. You have a good night. Yeah, Dave, this is, I mean, there's so much coming at us between the, the, the viruses, Zika virus, the, the economy, the geopolitical stress of war. Uh, um, yeah, we don't, I mean, uh, no shortage you of know, let, let me say something, what I, what my gut tells me here, okay, and, and my gut feeling is not even a hypothesis, so we can't take this as fact, but my gut tells me that this virus, some people think it's overblown, it's a diversion, it's a scare tactic. It, it might be. But part of me wonders, is this going to be something that renders women sterile? Will this be the way that they achieve, in part, 90% reduction in population? It very well could be. Um, you know, we look and see that the uh, the mortality rate for this um disease is not all that high but it seems to affect mostly the uh, babies who are unborn with mothers who contract this virus and uh, you know there's a lot of questions surrounding it the origins uh, the Rockefeller Foundation in the Rockefeller Foundation in 1947 was the one that found this and cataloged it yeah um, go figure there's a lot of of, of red flags here that, that need to be further looked into and then for the virus to be to be uh, discovered in 1947 and basically go uh, dormant until the, you know 2013 and nobody really knew what it was until last year and now it's you know a all-out pandemic um, there's reason for concern and when we see what the president did with the executive order uh, for respiratory illnesses with the Ebola crisis, you know, what what can he do with the the Zika virus? No. Uh, it's it's scary to think about. Exactly. Now, now Dave, if I can interject one thing here from the email feedback, uh, we have a listener in Sydney, Australia, listening live. Louise, God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening every night. Uh, uh, we just we just love you, appreciate you. Uh, now, Louise writes this, uh, just listening from Sydney, Australia, Dave, you just blew my mind, uh, blew me away. The first I heard about uh, the what's taking place in Australia. For those just joining us, do you want to you revisit that, let people know what you heard about? I do. And I've been sent a couple of things on it, and I've taken only a cursory glance at both. Um, and, you know, I just may be motivated to do this after the show. I'll go make a compilation of what I've sent, and I'll try to post it tonight. Okay. All right. And uh, But effectively what they're saying is it's the, the activities are mostly defensive and that it's uh, domestic terrorism. But I read uh, that 
also they were prepping for war games as well. Okay. And I, I have a feeling it's their version of Jade Helm 16 or UX. I mean, that just a gut feeling. I don't know, but I would guess. And what would you have to say about Brazil? Um, uh, 220,000 troops going door to door to fight mosquitoes in, in Brazil in, in, under the, the banner of the Zika virus. Well, no, it, it sure, certainly opens the door. To let mosquitoes take away people's privacy rights and so <laughs> forth. And, um, yeah. that, that's my thought on that. I mean, okay, so the troop shows up at the door and the mosquitoes in the house. What are they going to do? Pull out the M16 and shoot it? I mean, this doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Uh, they, what are soldiers going to do against this virus that's spread by mosquitoes? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I mean, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? And they, they quoted excuses like, uh, making sure that the, the, Residents had enough pesticides and, and bug spray and whatnot, but that can be done by any kind of relief worker. It does not have to be the actual standing army of the country. Yeah. It, Joe, it makes you wonder if they're cataloging things as they open their doors. There you go. That's a good point. It's so many, so many things that could be done. Um, Hong Kong listener writes that Hong Kong has descended into civil riots. Have you heard about this? Uh, first time, the first time, okay. not heard it. Yeah, as of today, as of today, Hong Kong has had violent riots. Can you guys address what's going on here? Major civil unrest not being reported. Hong Kong. And, um, okay, so we don't know. And to this emailer, certainly send us additional information. Of course, it's on YouTube. Before we pull anything up, we, we're going to vet, vet it out and view it. So, all right. All right. Up next is Tom from West Virginia. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Oh, thank you. And uh, I love listening to both of your shows, and uh, God bless you and your families. And, Dave, I was going to mention, too, uh, Katie is in our thoughts and prayers. And Thank I encourage you. people to donate because it's very easy. Just go on the website, donate, and, and it's done. And, it's, 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 and our thoughts and prayers are with her. And uh, my, my question is kind of twofold. And one is, <clears throat> how do you think <clears throat> excuse me, our lives will change when this starts happening? And are there any other signs? Um, one example would be, is there a FEMA camp website that, someone could watch to see if activity starts to increase around these camps if they're starting to open if they're starting to pull supplies in that might be a, a indication of other changes coming and uh, again god bless you and thank you i'll take my answer off the air okay thank you Tom. Well, that's a that's a that's a lot <laughs> to answer um are there signs we can tell yeah I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit and i probably should develop the idea more fully um, they manage by objective. I think we're going to see the whole thing precipitated by an economic collapse, false flag attacks upon Muslims, and any other false flag attack, maybe even upon the power grid. I mean, all possibilities are on the table. But you're going to see precipitating incidences come first. So I hope I'm answering this question, guys. If I go afar afield, let me know. Um, but I do believe we'll see that. Then we'll see a heavy-handed, let's restore order. But restoring order will be the chamber of horrors. And, and the reason I can say this with confidence, because if we weren't going to be 
oppressing the American people, particularly people who are not popular, you know, with the establishment. We like the Constitution. We like the Ten Amendments that go with it and so forth. Uh, if they weren't planning to do nefarious things, why would they have to practice for civil war ostensibly against American military units that have gone rogue? Why is Obama trying to take down the submarine uh, fleet and and render them not as efficient or as much of a threat to a domestic takeover? So when I look at these events that are taking place, uh, I don't know why they would invent a UX exercise if they weren't planning to fight a civil war someday. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's like a football coach who takes the field and you're practicing for the other team's off-tackle play on third down. Why would you practice that if you didn't know for sure they were going to run it at various times in the game? The same thing, same logic can be applied to UX 16. So those are some of the things that I would look at early. Uh, in terms of what you can do, um, I do have a place or two places I feel like I can run to. And I've actually written articles on this and addressed this. You can't take your cell phone. You've got to try to have something covering your face without being too obvious that will basically negate the cameras that will be tracking you. Because virtually every major intersection has them now. They're all over the place. And you probably should travel in an alternative vehicle other than your own because that can be tracked. And then you go to your place of safety. And when you're there, you have to be careful when people have their cell phones out not to speak. Well, this is something I learned from uh, um, some of my ex-NSA friends or today ex-NSA friends, but they're still friends, is that if you're in a room with someone with a cell phone, your passive conversations are recorded just as much as if you were online talking to people. And as such, they do have voice recognition software, and they can pin your location down to three feet. So if they want you, they can come and find you. You totally almost have to be off the grid, and you have to be in a place that, you know, these places that if you pay your 10 or $20, you can search and find out about people. You have to go to someone other than friends and relatives. Uh, and then you have to have the supplies. And, you know, I could go on and on. And you know what? And I may post this article again so people can read this. But you really need to have a bug-out plan is what I'm saying. When I see, and gosh, I hope I have time, but when I see these precipitating incidences take place, we're going into, into hiding, and the Hodges family will not be associated with the Common Sense Show any longer when these take place because the game's over at that point. Now it's a matter of survival. Well, that, that's sobering. To those who understood and listened, this is sobering. I mean, now it's kind of crunch time. I mean, we're, we're entering into a time period where... The things that we had talked about before now are coming into fruition. We're seeing the signs, the the prevailing edge of the storm that's just coming over this country. And uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're exactly right. We have one more. We got a, a quick uh, emailer wanting to know, uh, Dave, um, before we go back to the phones here, real quick here. Um, could you explain? And this is from Donna from Missouri. Could you explain your knowledge about the connection between Jade Helm? And artificial intelligence, you know, Jade that joined the systems for deployment and execution and robotics warfare. I mean, compliments of DARPA. I read, DARPA. I read and came across and had discussions with people supposedly in the know. And there is a strong connection between artificial intelligence and the Jade Helm activities. 
particularly when it comes to extraction of civilian dissidents that they want to remove from the scene. And they will use artificial intelligence to track you. They have things like, uh, uh, let me just talk about one of them. I won't go into much detail, but I think this one is fascinating. It's called a MAV or a micro aerial vehicle. And there, the, uh, I've actually had the YouTube video for this from the company that produced it. I mean, this, this stuff's not even classified any longer. It's so mainstream. But you have this uh, drone, and it releases 100,000 little drones. And they take the form of uh, mechanical, electrical, insects, uh, bugs, whatever, and they uh, birds, and they look natural in the environment, and they can act in concert with each other. So you basically have a 100,000-man army, but it's electronic. And that's just part of your artificial intelligence. And they can make uh, program decisions in the field. A lot's been made of that when Afghanistan they experimented with point robots, you know, robots that would take the point on a mission, and they actually taught the robot how to reprogram its own mission so it didn't have to just follow orders. Well, these MAVs can do the same thing. So these 100,000 creatures that are electronic, that are imitating insects and birds and so forth, can act in concert. They're weaponized. They can release gas. They have facial recognition. Um, it, it, once they release those, it's going to be pretty hard to get away, and it's going to be pretty hard to fight. Um, yeah, their maneuvering capabilities for, alone uh, <clears throat> rival yeah. anything out there right now, uh, from what yeah. I've read. Well, you'd be praying for an EMP if they release those upon us. Um, this, the, 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 this is not. We, we can't fight against this stuff. Your traditional guerrilla warfare. Um, you, you just—they they have now that they have this. Uh, I, I have a video of this. You've got an armored vehicle traveling down the road, and they show someone shooting an RPG at it, and they have a defensive system now that can repel the RPG. The the armored vehicle does kind of a little hitch, like a little hiccup, but it just keeps right on going. It's kind of like the old Timex watch, you know, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking, and that's what happens here with this armored vehicle. Now, that's a little bit off the uh, artificial intelligence, but the anti-insurgency technology that I'm sure they're going to use in UX, I've written about a lot of this stuff, and they can detect snipers just by the glint of a rifle that they detect from satellite, and it goes automatically to a robotic-controlled weapon system, and they take out the sniper before the sniper can even fire. Um it's just, it's called Exacto. The system is called Exacto. And they have robots now that can run faster than a bear. They're stronger than a bear. They have facial recognition. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Terminator. Uh, the stuff is just phenomenal, what we have. And this is what's declassified. You know, God knows what they have that's classified and how advanced that would be. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to interject something before we get to the other phone. I want to direct this to, to Nancy. Nancy, uh, we had talked about the Zika virus, Zika virus, and uh, look, we never claimed, and, and just understand this, folks, if you misheard us, we were saying, no, uh, it's obvious that this virus is not the cause of birth defects, microencephalopathy, whatever, the, however you pronounce that. Of course not. We are not perpetuating that myth that it causes the birth defects we can I be any clearer we have been saying there are other causes thank you for pointing out the vaccine connection to it but for those people who are questioning this look we have been saying all week week two weeks ago 
who are saying that it's a lie and it's a convenient one at that. Related to chemtrailing, the vaccines to very high levels of pesticides in areas that are said to be highly affected by uh, the Zika virus, not to mention the genetically modified mosquitoes with who knows what inside of them that have now spread their mutations to regular mosquitoes. Notice that the Zika virus cannot be transferred from person to person, but from mosquito to person only, which makes it even more alarming uh, to me, at least, especially the way we see it spreading across the United States of America in the winter time, where the north half of this nation is under minus 32 degree, uh, you know, temperatures. I haven't seen a mosquito in four to five months in in our area. I can't imagine seeing them in Long Island either. So how is this, you know, continuing to spread in the U.S.? I don't know. It's uh, toilet seats and tractor seats. All right, let's go back to the phones. We're going to go to Minnesota, where Todd has been patiently waiting. Welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Todd, you're on with Dave Hodges. How's it going tonight, guys? Going good. Good, good. uh, I love you all. By the way, I love the father-son thing for sure. I miss my dad. He's down in Naples. Anyways, Dave, you rock. If it wasn't for you guys, I'm telling you, I don't know. We'd be lost. So, anyways, I I got a bunch of words, man. Uh, I've been watching. I'm a kind of a truther guy, whatever you want to call it. But uh, you know, the uh, Lisa Haven, she's she's speaking some real important things about uh, the UN soldiers being uh, mostly Muslim straight, okay, which is forty thousand strong. Um. Uh, also, another thing I want to throw at you, too, is uh, they had a notification for all the food shelf or the survival food people, you know, the ones that give you the food that you want to survive on, store up, and all that kind of stuff. They, um, She says there's something about the federal government making a mandatory inventory and customer type, type thing, meaning well, they're I trying think, to I control think, our survival Dave. food. Yeah, Dave, Dave, I think you reported or at least talked on this on your show. This is probably several months ago now about the uh, tapping into the reserves or at least inquiring about the, you know, what certain companies have in terms of survival food. Is that right? I know the owners of the companies that were contacted by DHS and FEMA out of respect for them so they don't draw harassment in the ire of the federal government. I'm not going to mention who they are, but you could figure it out if you worked at it. But yeah, uh, FEMA came in and, and they wanted to buy up a good portion of the, uh, uh, storable food industry. And mm. to the credit of people who sell this stuff, they said no. They said there's limits. All right. Wow. All right. Anything else? To me, it's horrible. That yeah. is horrible. So, um, whatever. That's a, that's another thing. And then what do you guys think about this plank thing with the Trump? kind of uh, landing in Nashville uh, that to me I, I'm familiar with political people crashing in airplanes so what are you guys thinking on that issue is that a warning I'm thinking it's a warning yeah I think, I think uh, you're right now I gotta say this I'm undecided is Donald Trump really Ross Perot because he had a relationship with the Clintons that was really extensive before he ran and I suspect on one hand, that he could be disrupting the Republican Party. So if Hillary stays out of prison, which I think she will, she'll be the next president. On the other hand, 
if Trump is just trying to create his legacy, and this is a possibility too, he's running on ego, and he wants to save America, so now he's aligning with the middle class, uh, he's going to end up like Bobby Kennedy. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, I wrote an article that said, Donald Trump could be assassinated by a man with a diary. Sirhan Sirhan kills Bobby Kennedy allegedly, had a diary saying what he was going to do. Lee Harvey Oswald, John Kennedy, same M.O. And then, of course, uh, Martin Luther King and, gosh, you can tell I'm tired, is a killer, James Earl Ray. Um, yep. Who, 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 yeah. Um, what about Stone? Yeah. Well, so, well, so, yeah. Uh, you, listen, you could go down the line. If Trump is for real... Trump's life is in extreme peril if he captures some Correct. of these primaries. Correct, because it would be in the way of the North American Union, okay, which is the New World Order. And well, whatever, that's kind of what the studies I got, which would be his wall is in the way of the North American Union. They want to combine Canada, Mexico, and America. That's kind of yeah. what my studies are. I'm not sure I'm not that's a big true. It's just fan. what I read. I, I'm not the guy, you know. I'm just reading. So I'm not a big fan of his 20 foot wall because because if he if he if he builds a 20 foot wall, if he becomes president, I'm going to make a lot of money and build a 24 foot ladder. That's not the answer to the problem here. The answer to the problem is to put the the burden on the Mexican government and have real penalties for if they don't keep their people corralled. Right now, the Mexicans are just opening up the gates along with our corporations and say, ollie, ollie, oxen free. And no country, and I'm not disparaging these people. They're God's children, too. So I don't disparage them individually. But no country can absorb the kind of immigration we've had without serious economic harm to the country in terms of water, schools, other infrastructure like uh Highways, we can't absorb this. Frosty Woolridge was right on the money 15 years ago when he railed against this. Amen. That's well, guess right. what, sirs? I'm making, I made a big, huge Donald Trump sign in my yard, and it's been torn down three times now. I have two, two police reports on this, and the words say, Trump or done. Okay? And the reason I say that is because I'm the 2% that knows what I'm talking about, meaning I watch all of you guys. I don't, I yell at the TV, okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I'm reinforcing this sign tomorrow, and I'm putting barbed wire around it six feet tall. Maybe get some motion, land motion uh, sensors there too, just in case. Yeah, I put a sign out there and say that this Trump got, sign I'm is I'm going to have cameras tracked. and uh, sensors that actually send off alarm inside the house. Either that or just get it on tape or get it on video. I think you'd be you'd be even more entertained and surprised. Correct. All right, we're going we're to move yeah. along. And, and you, you you know what, right. caller? And yeah, th- thank you for your call. And, Thanks, and, and Dave, uh, you know, thank talk you about. Guys. Pe- I love you all. Thank you so much. God, God bless you. Have a good night. All right, talking about pe- pe- you know, Dave, talking about people who are uh, uh, leaders who were assassinated. You mentioned Trump, uh, and of course RFK, JFK, etc. Let's not forget uh, Larry McDonald, the the uh, um, uh, House Representative Larry McDonald on a KL, KAL flight or flight KAL 007 um, back in September. How ironic September is that? 007. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was uh, Congressman McDonald back on September 1st, 1983. A lot of oddities about that, and uh, obviously. But uh, anyway, uh, 
Very is interesting. He the one that he is Jonestown, and then or not Jonestown, but exposed the. Uh, I'm sorry. So many things happened at the around that time. Was he no, okay? McFadden, John Birch and um, yeah, McFadden was back after the Federal Reserve. Okay, yeah, and he was poisoned. Thinking. But uh, McDonald was um, on the Korean airliners on a Korean airliner. Anyway, yeah. all right. Um, didn't really get off track. Go ahead. We have, uh, we're going to go to Keith in Indiana, followed by Mateo in Kentucky. Keith, thank you for holding. You're live with Dave Hodges on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thank you, Doug. And I uh, just wanted to say hello to you and, uh, our, our Joe and, and you and Doug and, and Dave. And, um, and of course, I'll, I'll remember Katie too after the, uh, the program is over. Uh, definitely. So I just wanted to tell you about that. Uh, but my comment is about, um, and I sent you an email, and this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but I want to read a quote by George W. Bush, and I don't think really everybody understands exactly, you know, what's going on. So let me just go ahead and read this quote real quick. It says, um, we will direct every resource at our disposal, tool of intelligence, every instrument of law enforcement, every financial influence and every necessary weapon of war to the disruption and eventual defeat of terrorism. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorist. Americans should expect a battle unlike any they have ever seen. Not one battle, but a lengthy campaign. Some visible, others secret. We will drive terrorists from place to place until there is no refuge or rest. Okay, now most of us probably recognize that that was a quote made by George W. Bush shortly after 9-11. But let's read that again and change one word. And the word that I want to take out or change is I want to change the word terrorist. Okay, so let me read it one more time. It says, we will direct every resource at our disposal, every tool of intelligence, every instrument of law enforcement, every financial influence and every necessary weapon of war to the disruption and eventual defeat of Christianity. Either you are with us or you are with the Christians. Americans should expect a battle unlike any they have ever seen. Not one battle, but a lengthy campaign. Some visible, others secret. We will drive Christians from place to place until there is no refuge or rest. And that's really the hidden agenda behind everything. Wow. Uh, I just quoted George Bush today about either you're with us or you're with the terrorists. And uh, it's a real pejorative that set the tone for the MEAC report and all these other things that followed, where basically if you follow the Constitution, Ron Paul's teachings and so forth, you're a terrorist. Uh, yeah, if you follow the New World Order and autocratic government and systematic depopulation and building for World War III, the obliteration of civil liberties, then you're okay. We'll let you live a while longer. Yeah, and you look right. at the, uh, the uh, you know, now they're starting to call people who are pro-life, anti-abortion extremists, people yes. who are against homosexual marriage, you know, Christian fundamental extremists, and uh, and they have taken it to a point where Christianity is now synonymous with extremism just through propaganda and, uh, you know, predictive programming and word placement. 
they have almost made it seem like there have been as many Christian terrorist attacks as there have been Muslim terrorist attacks in this country, although I cannot name or think of one instance of a Christian committing a terrorist attack. They have uh, confounded the language and the uh, truth to make it seem as though there are actually Christian extremists out there and that they are just as much part of the problem as the Islamic extremists. Well, let's look at who's behind this, okay? And I wrote an article entitled this, and I wear this badge proudly. The article I wrote said, I am the infidel that Allah warned you about. And in the article, I made the point, I don't care what religion you practice. You know, be a good Muslim, practice your tenets of Islam. But the moment that your religion, through Sharia law, crosses over into my constitutionally protected nose, then I'm calling you out and I'm going to defend my religion and my family and so forth. And I will be that infidel that Allah warned you about. And what I mean by that is I'm not shrinking from my Christian beliefs. And I'll say this proudly right here, right now. I respect all religions and recognize the right for people to practice their religion. I do not recognize their right to abuse other people who are not of their religion. And I will also say this proudly. This nation was proudly and justifiably founded on the teachings of Jesus Christ in the Bible, and every first-year law school student is taught that our legal code comes from the Ten Commandments originally. That's what I believe, and if that makes me an infidel, I wear that badge proudly. Hmm. Well said. Thank you for that. In case you're wondering... uh, go, Go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah, Doug, if I could just make uh, just one more. See, the thing about it is, is that, see, this came on the heels of 9-11, and that was the programming. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have an issue with with this, with, you know, with the radical, uh, you know, religion of Islam, okay? But this was a, this was a massive brainwashing uh, government psyop, 9-11 was, and what they did you know, with that, with what went on, them taking down those two towers, well, three towers actually, and of course several other buildings and a number of other aircraft supposedly, uh, that they convinced, essentially convinced the world, or especially the Americans, that Islam was our number one enemy. But the thing that we have to realize is that these people that were responsible for 9-11, okay, they are Luciferian, okay? They are Satanist. They are not on a, in other words, the point is, if they are Satanic, or, or they, and they are worshiping Lucifer or Satan, then they are much more in alignment with Islam than they are Christianity. As a matter of fact, if that's true, Christianity is their greatest foe, and Islam is their ally. Yes. That's the point that we need to realize. Great point. Well, I would say this rhetorically. Why do you think Brennan, an avowed Muslim, is the head of the CIA? That's not a coincidence. That's right. Not at all. Okay, okay. Well, th- yeah, thank you all. That's really all I had to share tonight, so I appreciate you all taking my call. Thanks for the call, Keith. God bless you. You have a good night. We're going to move on next to Mateo in Kentucky. Mateo, thanks for calling the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Good. How are you? 
I'm all right. I'm all right. I got a lot on my mind, but I'm just going to keep it brief. Um, I'm a 20-year-old college student in a university in Kentucky. And uh, like I said, I have a lot on my mind, but I'm just going to keep it very short. Um, I was born in Columbia. I was raised by my aunt, who is very Catholic. And, of course, I don't support the Pope, thanks to you guys and the information you guys have shared. And Alex Jones... Extreme to report AMTV or not AMTV? Yes, yes, AMTV. Um, but I, I'm just, just astonished. And to be honest with you, it's a lot worse than than what you guys think in a college situation and in a college environment. It is is beyond belief. People have not a clue as to what's going on. Not not a single shred of of evidence can be found of of someone that's informed about world events and I for me personally I'm I'm in the guard I, I take about four or five days out of the month to train and I have a regular job pay my bills do everything I have to do and I find myself thinking about what what happens when when you know like on the news I I do keep the pulse on Steve Quell Steve Quell that man is very 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 amazing that guy really really has God's blessing and he really, what his words actually brought me to the steps of getting back to reading my Bible a lot more. But um, like I said, going back to um, talking about the war, a thousand or so uh, odd Turkish troops are now on the border getting ready to cross over into Syria. And then now just recently, I think yesterday or today, I read somewhere that uh, Saudi Arabia is now sending their mercenaries over. I'm not sure. I can't remember the number, but it's quite a bit. So that could trigger the start, and I could be deployed. And my parents, you know, God, God bless them, but they they have no idea as well. But I I just have a lot on my mind. But that's that's what I have to share. That's what else on my mind every day. I lose sleep over it sometimes right, for I'm, sure. Knowing that, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, no, I'm just gonna kick it. The, go ahead. Uh, Iran has also sent troops over to the Syrian border. Yeah, that's I don't what I'm just saying. That, and how many saw this? Crazy. Uh, Bashar al-Assad's mother died, and at the funeral, there was an assassination attempt taken out on Assad uh, that failed, and uh, they are still trying to take him out. Yeah. Let, let me jump in here. Let, let me jump in here and ask, because Dave Hodges was talking about the uh, the sub-fleets and the overtaking of the commanders, the reassignment of many people within our military. Dave, you were reporting on this long before anyone else did. Um, yeah, the geopolitical things going on, the, um, well, Iran, Turkey, what's well, going on over there, especially with Iran backing off? Turkey is Austria-Hungary. And Syria is Serbia. And if people understand that World War One reference that led Germany to strike out first in the Schlieffen plan and attack France through neutral Belgium before they got caught in a two-front war, then you understand where I'm coming from with that comment. This is the powder keg for World War Three, But I do believe that we're going to have domestic conflict first. I'd be shocked if international conflict broke out first. Because Obama has to get the troops in our military as well as most of the civilian population under control before he can count on support for World War III. So I think domestic yeah. things have to happen first would be my guess. How would, 
how do you, uh, would you say, Dave, that they can go about getting support for World War III? I mean, we saw a the response to 9-11, the Patriot Act, the rallying of the country, uh, you know, around the flag again and, and the government and the military. Um, but people have become wise to their games and their agenda, a lot more so than there were, you know, 15 years ago. What would it take have. for them to be able? Yeah, we don't. Yeah. And we I'd say have. there's millions out there who are awake. I don't know if we have enough awake people to really negate the false flags that are coming our way. I, I don't. I don't know that we do. We may have, but I don't. I'd be surprised. What What we're gonna see, yeah. in my humble opinion, is you say, "How can Obama marshal the country for World War III?" That was that was how I interpreted your statement into a question. And what I would say is. He has to, number one, get total control over his military, which I don't believe he has. You know, firing nearly 300 command officers hasn't done the trick. And so he has to do something there. UX-16, I believe, is a move in that direction. And he has to get the dissidents out, the obvious dissidents in society. I mean, we're swaying lots of people in, in on the shows that we do. And people like us who have shows are swaying lots of people. They need to remove us. Our voices have to go silent. And and slowly but surely, they'll bend this country to Obama's will. The dissidents will be out of the way. There'll be no Alex Jones, Doug Hagman, Steve Quayle, John B. Wells to listen to. And and then, then they can begin to propagandize to their heart's content. They already control the mainstream media, and they need to eliminate the alternative media. And I, th- I look for domestic yes. subjugation first, and then they'll be precipitating incidences where we'll proudly march off to war. You know, the Lusitania will get sunk. You know, uh, Mexicans will cross the Nusis River and attack somewhere. All the excuses we've used before, someone will blow up the main. And all these excuses that we used before, which are really a load of false flag attacks, will be invoked to start the Third World War. And that'll be the war of planetary unification and depopulation at the same time. Yeah, and you're very accurate there. And one of the things we see with these war games is the uh, Iranians uh, firing, you know, missiles towards uh, U.S. warships and planes uh, throughout the last few years. Uh, you know, intermittent distances and. Uh, then you have North Korea launching those spy satellites. I mean, all it takes is one ship in the wrong place to be, uh, you know, with Operation Northwoods in mind, painting a uh, plane with a certain nation's colors and attacking uh, another nation and or uh, city of that nation. And uh, under that, I mean, they, they have the potential to do anything uh, if, one, if once they get away with that. Um, we have less than five minutes left. We're going to go to Ron in Connecticut. Might be our last call for the night. We'll see. Ron, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Dave Hodges. Hey, hey, guys, Dave and Joe and Doug. What a pleasure. You know, I've been listening to you guys for about a year, and this is the first time I had a chance to call in, but thanks for bringing out so much needed information by the through the, uh, uh, I call you guys broadcast editors because you get all the good guys on so I don't have to hunt around for all of them like, Dave Hodges and uh, Steve Quayle and uh, Pastor 
uh, what's his name? The Pastor Langford, I think it is. Anyway, thank sure. you very much for doing that. Now, the reason I'm calling in, I agree with you guys totally, but the number one thing is what I do every day, sometimes twice a day, is put everything I have in God's hands, everything I will ever be, and, and uh, that's what I have to go in. And the way things are going now in the world, as you guys so uh, bring out so well, is that uh, things, you know, this, the United States is at a point where it's over the tipping point. I don't care who gets to be a president at this point. It really doesn't matter. Whether whether the votes count or not, it really doesn't matter. What really matters is that we're gone as a nation, absolutely gone. You guys know that with the foreign troops coming in, uh, training in this country, you know, not, it wasn't that long ago that that would, uh, you know, that would have been an outrage. You know, people, you know, like these college students, they don't know who the vice president is. You know, they don't know they have any information. They're not taught that. I wish I didn't know who the vice president was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's more than he could do. But, uh, you know, you make some really anyway, good thanks. I just wanted to tell you that my, you know, that's my point is that, you know, we can't do this on our own anymore. And, uh, as, but as individuals, we can through prayer and the, doing the things that we should be doing. But uh, I wanted to thank you guys for such great information and uh, keep doing what you're doing. It seems to be working out. Great advice on the prayer. That's really Absolutely fantastic. And Ron, thank you so much for the call and God bless you. You have a great evening. You, you know, hey, Dave Hodges signed up really. Little krill up in Erie, would you? Who, I'm sorry, who? Oh, I'm sorry. A good Krill. friend of mine, Phil Krill, out of Erie, PA. Not sure. Is he an attorney? No, he's a he's a Krill. priest, Catholic priest. No, I went to uh, school I'm sorry. with him. Not really, that's why I asked. But anyway, he have a great day. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. And, and folks, uh, Dave Hodges signed up for just an hour tonight, but uh, he was gracious enough to give us two hours of his time. His articles are extensive, informational, and uh, you, you need to read them. Go to thecommonsenseshow.com. That's thecommonsenseshow.com, as well as um, his radio show right here on Global Star Radio Network. i got to tell you, every Sunday you'll be that's where you'll find me listening to the Hod- uh, Common Sense Show with Dave Hodges. And if you want, mark your calendars. Uh, I'll be on Dave's show March 6th. March 6th, yeah, all right. forward to it. Uh, the younger generation is taking the, over, and it's about time. Th- there you go. And it's kind of a scary thought, Dave, when you think about it. You know, you guys like you and I, our age, well, of course, i got some years on you. Yeah, Doug and I, we're yeah, measuring yeah. our mortality, why people like Joe are stepping forward, and we need people like Joe. Yeah, right. I mean, cut me in half, count the rings, and there you go. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Well, listen, it was great having you on. And, and I love you guys. Yeah. I'm so glad you had me on. Two hours went so fast. Thanks to your it audience, did. too, for being so informative and so challenging. No, it's it's just great. It's just, yeah, I, we thank you for you being you and for all the work you do. God bless, God bless you, Dave. Thanks, guys. That was all right. That was Dave Hodges taking time out of his busy schedule. And, you know, we got to thank the wives like Dave Hodges' wife. My goodness, you know, the sacrifices they make to, to, uh, uh, for their guys. So thank you, Mrs. Hodges and yeah. the kids and all that. So, um, let's get some, uh, announcements for the rest of the week out of the yeah. way. We right. have Anthony Patch tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Go to our YouTube channel. Um, there have been two videos put out by JD and Anthony Patch, two separate videos. One detailing with CERN, one detailing with the Super Bowl halftime show. 
the one Anthony Patch did is with JD um, about CERN is, is fantastic, and it's going to be what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. This extra-dimensional telescope that can see beings that aren't picked up by regular telescopes, and its connection to CERN and what CERN is doing, and then on Thursday. Thank you, Eric. Dr. Michael Lake, author of the Shinar Directive, and he's got a new book coming out. And then into next week, uh, we have Jerry Robinson Wednesday, Stan on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, Pastor Paul Bagley Thursday. We'll be on Pastor Paul Bagley's show on Friday and Monday. I'll just leave it at that because you go too far in and people just forget. So we'll be publishing our, our schedules in advance. <laughs> Uh, I was drawing a blank. I had this schedule down, down in my mind uh, since yesterday, and I can't think. Right yeah, now. you know, but it's going to be a, an uh, information-packed, guest-filled next two weeks, and we appreciate uh, each and every guest and each and every listener uh, who tunes in. Yeah, cause so, so much. Look, folks, you don't have to really watch the headlines. Watch very carefully, I believe, for signs and and. Do your own research. Do your own analysis of, of the events, but pay very close attention to the banking um, indicators. Watch, like Dave Hodges writing here, writes here. You know, what are we prepping for? What are they prepping for? A possible bank holiday. You make your own inquiries locally. Talk to talk to your local banker. Find out what's going on there if you can. Watch the um, European. Well, watch what's going on in European with the bank stocks there. Know that we've got two hundred thirty trillion dollars in unfunded, mandated liabilities, unsecured derivatives. Yep. yep. And go. Monday next week, rest is done. Oh yeah, that's good, folks. All right. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you to all our listening audience out there. Thank you, Todd from Global Star Radio Network. We have left the building till tomorrow. Right. Good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.